this city is alive on 97.3. There can be no other Memphis burn three. No need to change. Keep it tuned to city. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 97.3 
Thursday the 8th, 97.3 CDFM, Diana Hamilton, causes one in Centrenyankupong, Miracle Working God. Oh yes. Starting off with Business Sense brought to you by ADB, the People's Bank, offering a variety of personal loans including top-ups, significantly reduce interest rates, enjoy a longer term of up to six years, offer open to non-customers as well. Call 0302-210-210. And let's talk about a personal loan to help resolve your financial issues. Starting off this morning, and I'm going to use a scripture, Matthew 7.20. It says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And he asked the question, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You will know them by their fruits. Now, that's a very important question. So, now, what, whether you're, you're a business, a family, a country, a region, whatever unit we want to use, it's by your fruits we will know you. Not by your name, not by your height. Not even by what you say, it's by what you do. I'll give you three quick characteristics of fruit. The first thing about fruit is that they are visible. So there's no invisible fruit. <laughs> no matter how powerful a tree is, the, the fruit must be seen. So your, your, your fruit is visible. So if you're not bearing fruit, it's either you're not mature or you're a barren tree. Number two, that fruit always reflects the nature of the tree of which it is a part. So as we ask... You can't be grapes and be bearing from a different kind of tree. So your fruit reflects your nature. But I think the third one is the most important for me today. We don't see a tree eating its own fruit. A fruit is always for the benefit of others. In fact, when a, f- a tree starts eating its own fruit, it means the tree is rotten. So if the fruit you're bearing is just for yourself, it's not real fruit or you're not really normal. So whether you're an individual, a company, a church, a country, your fruit must benefit other people. That's the real purpose. So visible fruit, a fruit that reflects your nature and a fruit that is for the benefit of others. So the question is, what are you doing to the benefit of others? That was Business Sense brought to you by ADB, truly a Greek and more. The City Breakfast Show. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. This is the City Breakfast Show. When I was a young boy. Yeah. 
Alright, so 635. And I, I, it's been raining like you know yeah, captain dog no 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 this is this just consistent this is the good rain oh, really? if, you, if you ask the farmers they'll tell you that the kind of rain we've had from yesterday like 11 uh-huh. all the way through to today uh-huh. is better for crops oh i see because it's softer yeah it doesn't destroy it's not like the, the rain that just comes and scatters everything and goes yeah. away uh-huh. so it's it's good it means some blessings are coming thank you it, it comes little by little but it does a lot of good yeah. things we're getting straight into this review this is by the way the ctp breakfast show uh-huh. my name is bernard avila i'm here with richie sky yep. for total energies is also here with us Sponsoring the news review segment, choosing the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively is what a wise man would do because it's formulated with uh, age resistance technology, ensures optimal performance of your engine. What keep your engine younger for longer? You know, today is the birthday of a special person in our lives, is it? Yeah. They do kick on the side, but oh, <laughs> I see, I see. You obviously, you know, you have, you know, you are. But she's a barrister at law. You are very transactional. You know, eh? So if it wasn't for the kick, you'd be wishing happy. No, birthday. no, no, no. I'm just saying. You, know, you, you are not. You, you know, know, no, no, no. You know, you, you know. She, that. she is UK trained. You have reviewed. <laughs> yeah. So Sanda Lorraine, yeah, a table, a big woman. Charlie, you're a big woman. No, 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 no. You go to places. Yeah, man. Life has just started with you. Yeah, man. Yeah, you man. reach the zenith of life, yeah, man. and you will impact the world in a positive way. Say amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, 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 prepare some cake. Let's... On her birthday. Oh yeah, <laughs> prepare cake for you to chop. <laughs> oh, these guys are big. So man. yeah, all the gifts though they are headed in the direction of you know zenith this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Godfrey, good morning to you. Good morning. We want to just kick off with the headlines. Yeah. Yes. Want to start um, from. The front page of the Daily Graphic says, Green Ghana here again. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's exercise targets 10 million seedlings. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo of some of the seedlings earmarked for planting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about it. I'll give you details later. Mm-hmm. Laptops with inbuilt learning materials. Don't abolish hard copy textbooks. Mm-hmm. Publishers propose. Parliament approves Justice Tokonu as 15th CJ. No, no, she's on no, the front page. No, no surprises there. Yeah, she's no smiling. No she is smiling there. And OSP clarifies invitation of Professor Frimpong Boateng. Let me take you to the Ghanaian Times. Justice Tokonu approved as Chief Justice unanimously by Parliament. Now, the question is, when is she to be sworn into office? Right. Maybe the appointment will be made later today. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, MPT elects Charles Opoku as parliamentary candidate for Asin North by election. Another story this morning says that Justice Duche was a judge's judge. Mm. Godfrey Damien, you know, he retires today, a distinguished uh, justice of the Supreme Court. A.K.A. A, oh, a, a big man. Thank you. Big man. Just, just big. Uh, it. Big too yeah, 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 yeah. No, we forgive him applause later for his 21 gun salute. Yeah. <laughs> also, business operators grabbed over non-issuance of VAT. I've, uh, I've had, I've had some business owners complain to me that we, the media, are only covering the GRA's action. But we need to speak to them to tell us 
the difficulties they face in implementing this VAT. Oh, I see. So but maybe I'll give them a few minutes yeah, to talk maybe about they it. They have a chamber also. Yeah, a lot of them are saying that we are sort we are sort of just of course the law says do it, so we have to do it. But mm-hmm. sometimes there's nuance in the way it's implemented. Okay. A number of them are not happy. Okay. But that story is on the front page of the Times. Okay, and also we are told 120 students have been displaced after a four-bedroom house was raised down by fire. Two uh, in two separate fire outbreaks. But, 100, but 120 people sleep in four-bedroom house? Well, that is, we will know about the details shortly. Yeah. 120, or is it the school? Well, uh, well you can give me that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, the front page of the Daily Guide is very, very court-based. Yes. <laughs> Minority attack Supreme Court judges comes to the photo of Kwame Governor Sapoja, the confirmation of Justice Tokonu, Opuni, uh, Opuni case. Yes, yes, the Opuni case is also on the front page of the paper all right the cro- the chronicle the chronicle yeah. um says trial for perjury et al i do not care a hoot Oish. it's just bullying judge equation tells constituents wow mm. <laughs> he's wearing white white here mm. also on the front page we're told gold exports raking some six point six billion dollars in 2020 the story about Justice Tokonu is on the front page and former Ministry of Housing Chief Director willed to court. Hmm. Front page of the Anchor newspaper has the Frimpon Boatin story and says, Kitwa Biarinsa Alan Cash begs for cash. <laughs> Launches <laughs> fundraising campaign today. <laughs> that is a... <laughs> okay, the Daybreak says, OSD arrested me three weeks ago. Frimpon Boatin. And 90% of households have no toilets. Really? 90%? In, the, in Ghana? Yeah, I will tell you more. Which data is that? <laughs> also, KGL leads charge for diaspora inclusion. From page of very unfamiliar looking BRFT. It looks yeah, red the color is this different. morning. Yes, mm-hmm. what's happening? <laughs> Are you changing the look? BRFT? Maybe the ink is not enough. Let us know. Uh, you know. You have to print it a number of times. Oh, before it yeah, comes out, the uh, way it has I'd to be like you know, as they were printing. So it came out before. Yeah, yeah they, okay. they uh, you've done you've you've done newspaper. Eh? Plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to used to do newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I'm a graphic designer too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did great talent. Yeah, 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 just so speaking law. Screen printing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So you could have been working at uh, Newtown. Chale, Bruta. and Sons. That's a shirt for you to do something. And you use crazy to print t-shirt. Front page of the BNFT, man. Over thirty six percent. But why do they use kerosene to print t-shirts? Only, only they can answer the question. Charlie, they should know. ban that. Thing. <laughs> it's not good. Charlie, you buy t-shirts and it smells of kerosene. It's not good, Charlie. <laughs> Over thirty six percent. No one wrote me. Nick man on your field. Over thirty six percent of rural dwellers depend on unsafe water sources, mm-hmm. according to SASA has a lot of. Um, Research Data. out this week. I'll mm-hmm. be telling you about their housing research as well. Mm-hmm. Set clear surface rental regime for IOCs. This is coming from ASAP. And finally, for me, business finance says less unlock full potential of mining and energy to fuel local industrialization. Abujina Paul is on the front page here and is quoted as making those comments. And then also CBG DBG train over 400. SMEs better. All right, let me take you online. I would have been counted among rich folks if I were a thief. Fimpon Boating speaking. He also narrates his encounter with OSP after his arrest, and the arrest is in quotes, quotation marks. And uh, the story actually is that OSP has interrogated him mm-hmm. and grants him bail. Esla to appear before Parliament of Asim Kadri registration, also on citynewsroom.com. GC, GBC staff welcome NLC's order to fair wages to restore their blocked allowances. 
And then there's some interesting things going on in Greater Accra NDC. Ashimo has revoked the suspension of NDC's Ayaso West Wagon chairman. The suspension was announced by Tete Chai, the secretary for the region. Mm -hmm. And then the chairman of the region has revoked it. And both came out on the same day, the about two hours. You know, it's something else. There's something happening in between those two men. I don't know those what's happening between those two guys. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, Henry Kwati announces plans to modernize markets in Accra. And then vaccination of animals in Upper East Region starts today. And then Dampari meets CTTV, CTFM management to strengthen ties. He was here yesterday. City Business News, unlock the full potential of mining energy for domestic industrialization. This is Abu Jinapo. Also, ORC is telling businesses to update their records or face their names being expunged mm -hmm. from the records. Meanwhile, Gore records 26% increase in profits in 2022, approves a payment of dividends to shareholders. My job online, our mission was successful until big people sponsored companies started doing whatever they want. Frimpon Boatin on IMSIM. He also says, I did my job. I tried to make Ghana a better place. An interview that had highlights are being uh, circulated on many media platforms. Meanwhile, driver and mid narrowly escaped death a sprinter bus emerges submerges in Ochirako River, mm. and then um, FDA engages market women on food safety. That's also on the website of myjawonline.com. Let's get into the details of the stories this morning. Okay, you want um, us to do the 120 and then the the 90 percent or less? No, I actually think the Frimpong Barton story is interesting okay. because okay. It, it happened out of it, the blue. So the thing happened in 17th May. But we heard about it yesterday. Yes. No, so, but actually, the, the OSP had actually sent a statement earlier to say that they were investigating. Yes, the but the committee. details were not known. Ah. So I'm going to read the story that... Okay, then I will give you the response. So the City News story says, mm. City News understands that Professor Kwamna Frimpong Boati, former Minister for Environment, Science, Technology, Innovation, is being investigated by the OSP for alleged corrupt practices linked to his role as chairman of IMSIM. Now, according to our sources close to the OSP, the renowned surgeon was arrested and granted bail a month ago when he was invited to answer questions about activities and expenditure of IMSIM. Mm. Now, when he appeared before OSP, he was notified of investigations into alleged expenditure irregularities. After being questioned, he was granted a self-recognition bail of 2 million cities. Officers from the OSP reportedly followed him to his residence to confirm his address in line with the bail conditions after which he was allowed to leave. Now, according to the OSP, they've already started probing issues raised by Reform Boateng's report. Mm -hmm. So that's the first story. Now, the second story is from Paul Boateng and what he's been saying. Mm -hmm. Now, he's been narrating his encounter with the OSP after his arrest. Now, that story is by Letitia Osei on the same website, citynewsroom.com. Professor from Paul Boateng, Minister for Science, Environment, Technology, and Innovation, has narrated his experience with the OSP after he responded to an invitation to appear before it. He said he responded to the OSP's May 13 letter and was accompanied by his lawyers to the office where they were placed in a room filled with OSP officials. Now, according to him, he was asked some questions relating to his work on the IMSIM, after which he was surprisingly told he was under arrest. Professor Mpon Boateng realized that he questioned his, his crime and was told they were investigating corruption-related cases. Maybe yes, maybe no. I'm on bail. The background is that, then he gives a long narration. Mm -hmm. The chief prosecutor put his left hand on my shoulder and said, you are under arrest. I asked, why am I under arrest? What are my charges? Well, there are no specific charges. We are investigating corruption and corruption-related activities on the committee you chaired. He said in an interview with Joy News. Now, he explained that his friend billed him and the OSP visited his office, his friend's house for some verification before he was let go. So that's story number two. Then let me give you the third story to put everything in context. Um, 
That's the OSP side of the story. Yeah, no, the OSP side of the story is a statement they sent. Yes, uh, on yes. page 45. If you can read that for us. Daily graphic. According to the SP, the invitation was in connection with investigations into illegal mining activities of the MSIM. Mm-hmm. The investigations the OSP said started in October last year and was part of a broad range of investigations into suspected corruption and corruption related practices into the activities of certain entities, including the MSIM and the illegal mining industry. But do we know the date of that letter? What I on have October here is. October 10 last year, the OSP commenced an investigation into suspected corruption and corruption related offenses in respect of illegal mining. The whole thing is a bit murky because he also granted an interview. Uh, to I think uh, another media house where other things were said. We'll probably put everything together later, later on. on yes. But that is the lowdown so far of the Rimpombatin case. Mm-hmm. Coming back to you, Sky. Okay, so let's now go to the uh, story about the approval of the Chief Justice and the things that are, are falling out of that. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to the Chronicle, uh, Parliament approves Tokonu's nomination. And if you go to the, the Ghanaian Times, they also have a similar story. So let's take off with the Ghanaian Times version of uh, the story, uh, which says this morning, uh, it's by Julius um, Yao Petici, and it says Parliament has adopted the report of the Appointments Committee and approved uh, by consensus the nomination of Mrs. Gertrude Araba Esaba Saki Tokonu as the Chief Justice of the Republic of Ghana under the minority, which earlier held their, uh, withheld their approval. Uh, of the nomination on Tuesday gave their blessings after procuring the Supreme Court's reasoned judgment in the matter. Mm-hmm. We saw the annulment of James Chachi Quason's election as NDC MP for the Asin North constituency. Mm-hmm. Now, moving the motion for a Justice Tokonu's approval on the floor of Parliament in Accra yesterday, the chairperson or chairman of the committee and uh, first deputy speaker of Parliament, Joseph um, Oseo Ugusu, um, said the nominee demonstrated vast knowledge of the law, its application, and should be given the needed approval. Now, he goes on uh, to deal with um, seconding the motion, the minority chief whip and deputy ranking uh, member on the committee, Mr. Governor Kwame Abuja, uh, said though the experience of the nominee could not be questioned, some of her reasoning was problematic. And uh, examples have been given in this. I'll story. stay with Parliament mm. for you on page 19 of the Daily Graphic because Parliament is to have the shortest meeting in the season this year mm-hmm. and it's likely to rise on or before August 3. Oh, wow. This as a result of a number of both internal and external assignments which will involve the Speaker and the leadership which will stall the daily sitting of the House. That notwithstanding, the House is faced with a tall order to consider 69 bills and hey. other amendments. Majority Leader Seche Mensah said this at a media engagement on Wednesday. So, in June, so June, yes. July, 69 yes. bills. Yes. Now, aside from the 69 bills, the House will also consider 29 executive instruments. Also key for the season is the consideration of the Affirmative Action Bill and the Interstate Succession Bill, which have been on the back burner for more than 10 years, mm-hmm. as well as the Mineral and Mining Amendment Bill to deal with the issue of illegal mining. Sky, one of, the, one of these days, you may want to give us a list of these bills. Okay. So that we can test whether in, I don't know, 60 days, you can pass 69 bills. Because they opened (laughs) on 6th June. And they're going to rise first week in August. So Mm -hmm. basically, probably about 45 Mm -hmm. days. How are they going to do this? Okay. But uh, let's stay with the arms of government. Because uh, Justice Duce retires today. He's a distinguished judge by all standards. Mm. And uh, there is a publication on page 14 of the... 
mm-hmm. um, Ghanaian Times that says Justice Duchi was a judge's judge, quoting right. the Attorney General Godfrey Dami. Malik Suleimana says that the Attorney General Minister of Justice, Mr. Godfrey Yeboa Dami, on Tuesday said retired uh, Supreme Court Judge Justice Jones uh, Victor Duchi is an embodiment of the accolade, quote and unquote, a judge's judge, a lawyer's judge, and a litigant's judge wow. all rolled into one. Mm. Further to this, your extreme sense of humanity, still quoting, kindness mm. and compassion mm. in the adjudication of cases qualifies you, in my respectful opinion, mm. for the accolade, a judge's judge, a lawyer's judge, and a litigant's judge. So just a quick question. He's bowing out today. Yeah. CJ bowed out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, new CJ has been approved. Mm-hmm. So that's... He has been sworn in today. Yeah, so he leaves today. So technically... Because he's the senior most. Exactly. exactly. Sitting in for Enin Yeboah. Mm, yeah. So, so if they don't swear new CJ in today, then somebody else will be acting. Yeah, Bafo Boni is the, the senior most person. Does he have to be sworn in or is that a natural? No, no, it's, it's, it's natural. It's okay, natural. so until she's sworn in, Bafo yeah. Boni will be the CJ. Yeah, but I suspect that most likely the swearing in should happen today. And because the last thing is Parliament's approval, yeah, which has been done. Yeah, so the yeah. president just has to now appoint her and give her the instrument okay. of office. Can we go to Asin North? <clears throat> the latest there, Charles Opoku wins. There's MVP's a lot happening. Asin so North Charles Opoku has won mm-hmm. there and then on page 17, of course, as a... Uh, Further follow-up on the Sami Jemfi versus EC matter, and it says, qualification to contest parliamentary election. Candidate must not necessarily be registered voter in constituency. And this is part of the EC statement that came out yesterday. Okay. I have a number of stories I wanted to just give you. So I will stay there quickly, okay. because there's a story here, mm-hmm. uh, quoting the... That you uh, Yes. And it says that I don't care a hoot. Mm. It's just bullying. And basically talking about uh, the prosecution mounted against him presently. Now, Max Olofuri, reporting for the Chronicle, says that the disqualified member of parliament for the Sea North constituency, James Jachikwesen, has treated lightly the controversy surrounding his political fortunes in the constituency. Now, he has also downplayed the state prosecuting him for perjury and forgery following the ruling of the High Court nullifying his election and the subsequent uh, swearing in uh, and his subsequent swearing in as a member of parliament for that We had this voice join the news this morning. Mm-hmm. He's campaigning. Now, I just want to give you some quick highlights. Laptops cannot replace textbooks. CSOs to government. Now, you read this story in a different paper. Yes, the just Daily Graphic the on page 16. There. So, the Ghana Public Association has, pres- uh, has prescribed the use of tablets and laptops alongside textbooks in second cycle schools instead of abolishing the latter altogether. That, it said, was because the country did not have the infrastructure in the regions and districts to handle such digital facilities in terms of uploading content and replacement and repairs, among others. Now, this is coming from the president, Mr. Yamwa, and he said no country had been able to take fiscal textbooks out of its educational system, mm-hmm. citing the US, the UK, India, and Singapore as examples. So, actually, it was the CSOs in education who um, held this press conference. Mm-hmm. It was initially addressed by Kofi Asari of Africa Education watch mm-hmm. i believe this person you are quoting also spoke at spoke that press that conference but second story is an update from the um labor commission okay directing the fair wages to reverse the block allowance of gbc staff within 14 days so there appears to be some resolution there national labor commission has given the fair wage and salaries commission a 14-day ultimatum to reverse his decision to strike out some allowances of workers of the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation and restore all deductions made from their salaries now. So this suggests that the staff will not go on the strike. They will wait for the 14 days for the reversal to be done. The but General Secretary of Poo said he believed the directive when met will avert any further unrest. But forget the unrest. The thing is, who ordered that? This was the Auditor General. Who gave an instruction or controller? No, it you know, was this story. The, the no. did, Guys, there was some. This story, we are, gi- we are doing the that? story tot, tot, so we can, uh-huh. we, if we have to give the full. I'm yeah, giving you the latest update. Uh-huh. The latest update is that 
go and reverse. Yeah, if you want to put the whole thing together, we can discuss that. Yeah, but for now, go and you know that one is not my. Let me I tell you about affordable house. Before you do that, yes, let's let's link. The, you did something on education earlier, right? Yes. Let laptop. me just uh, yeah plug into that. The the story that I spoke about, one in twenty students displaced. Hey, what is it's that? It's in the Ghanaian Times, and the story is by Anita Nyako Yerenchi, uh, page three says at least one in twenty students of the Amiaso Nursing Training College in the Western Region have been displaced with property with hundreds of thousands of Ghana cities destroyed when fire gutted the college Monday evening. Now, three out of the eight rooms used as facility to keep chop boxes and personal effects of the students, including books, were uh, consumed by fire before the arrival of the firefighters from the Bibiani Fire Station who responded to the distress call that has been sent out at about 11.19 p.m. on Monday. Mm. There was no casualty as a result of the situation. But okay. please, let there be some intervention to help the, the nurses who have been affected. Okay. And according to essay on page 24 of the Daily Graphic, affordable housing is out of the reach of many households. Mm -hmm. It's a, the situation could be attributed to the lack of access to land, building materials, finance, and building, mm -hmm. those among other challenges. So this is part of their annual report. Now, according to the director of ESA, Professor Peter Corte, mm -hmm. said although the number of housing units had increased, he was not able to address the issue of housing mm -hmm. because, quote, we are gradually seeing more of high and middle income housing units mm -hmm. compared to compound houses, as has been the case. So in some areas, there are houses but they are not occupied by people in East Legon area in Accra, for instance, sure. is noted for many of such houses. Yeah, too expensive, that's the problem. Meanwhile, let me take you to page three. Still related to housing, the story I mentioned much earlier. 90% households have no toilets. Now, the story in the daybreak says that a grave situation, a sanitation situation or crisis looms over Ghana as over 90% of households without toilet facilities are forced to resort to open defecation in 13 regions, according to the Institute of Statistical So the Social. same report. Yeah, yeah and uh, research um, 2022 uh, social development outlook. Now, the report highlights significant disparities in access wow. to toilet facilities, with 59.3% of households having set facilities in 2021. Urban areas fare better, with 65 65.9% of households having access, compared to only 49.1% in rural. Finally, tomorrow we are planting trees green Ghana. I mean, but when we start the show, I will deal with this matter properly. But have we audited what we have done previously? Well... We will find out. We have a lot of time to delve into all these matters. That was the newspaper review. Coming up next is the City Business News. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The, the, the City Breakfast Show. I would have wanted me. Fim, fim. Where my chat ball? Turn up, turn up, turn up. As fast approaching 7 o'clock, business news brought to you by MTN. With MTN and MCOPA device finance, you can now buy a sleek and trendy smartphone. Enjoy the luxury of paying in amazing, easy, daily, weekly, or monthly installments. Walk to any of our service centers in the country. Choose your favorite from a wide range of mobile phones. All phones come with 2 gig free data so you can share your pictures and get all the biggest scoops online for the first six months after purchase. News also brought to us by Goyle. 
who have recorded an impressive growth of performance across key indicators. For the year ended 31st December 2022, the company registered a profit after tax of 123.89 million CDs, an increase of 26% than what was recorded the previous year. Yeah, Nana to for this. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you see, when you are in your business mode, you are cool. Yeah. And when you are in your clubby mode, yeah. you are different. Yeah. I see you are trying to control yourself. Yeah. Nana to four what is here with the business news. I try to wake up the rave master. I'm trying to wake the rave master yeah. up. But he's, he's, he's not in the mood. <laughs> All right. So let's get straight into the details, Nana. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, businesses and other professional bodies warned to update their records with the Office of the Register of Companies or risk having their details expunged. And Ghana's gold production for 2020 drops to 4.023 million ounces. Details of our stories now. Businesses or business entities and other professional bodies risk having their details being expunged from the National Register if they fail to update their records with the Office of the Register of Companies, ORC. This, the ORC explains, has become necessary as the new office was hived from the Register General's Department. Jemima Oware is the Register of Companies and she has been urging businesses to comply with the directive. This address states now, it mandates us to keep a register which should be clean and up to date and uh, to, to enable us to perform effectively and efficiently with our mandate as a regulator. We've noticed through this notice that I put out that some professional bodies have amended their names without informing us. Some are even operating without even being registered. Some were registered with us as far back as 1973, 74, 75, and have moved on to become chartered institutes. And yet they are still in the register as professional bodies. And so it was very important for us to have this meeting and clear up all those anomalies. And so I've given them from Monday up to the end of the year. They should make sure that they renew and update us. And after December 31st, if you haven't renewed, what that what you're telling us then is that you are no more professional, but then we take your name That was the register of companies Jemima Oware. Ghana's total volume of gold produced fell to 4.023 million ounces in 2020 compared to the 4.577 million ounces produced in 2019. This represents a 12% drop in the country's gold production as contained in the 2022 mining sector report by the Extractive Industries and Transparent Initiative. This news desk report has highlights of that report. Per the report, not only did Ghana record a decline in the levels of gold production, but also the contribution of the mining and extractive sector to the country's gross domestic product saw a marginal drop to 7.6% in 2020, as against 2019 7.8%. In monetary terms, the real value added by the sector fell from 13.308 billion Ghana cities in 2019 to 11.449 billion Ghana cities in 2020 representing a 13.97% reduction. The fall in gold output is attributable to a concurrent contraction in the output of large and small-scale gold producers. The quantum of gold attributable to the large-scale sector 
declined from 2.989 million ounces in 2019 to 2.847 million ounces in 2020, which translate into a 4.8% year-on-year drop in production. The reduction in the subsector's outputs was mainly due to a string of downturns in the production of most large-scale mines, which was in turn explained by a combination of mine-specific factors and spillover effect of COVID-19. Fast forward to 2021, gold output sharply dropped by 46.76%, having recorded 2.818 million ounces. Production for 2022 is estimated at 2.695 million ounces as at the end of September 2022. That was a news desk report read by Nilati Lati. The Ghana Oil Company Limited, Goyle, has improved its performance for the 2022 financial year by registering a profit after tax of 123.89 million cities. The figure represents an increase of 26% higher than what was recorded last year. The company also declared a dividend of 0.056 pesos per share for the 2022 financial year. Speaking at the 54th Annual General Meeting of Goyle, the board chair of the company, Reginald Daniel Laie, assured of his outfit's commencement to boost its operations and systems. As most of us are aware, the harsh external economic conditions both in the country and, the, and globally negatively affected our operating expenses, which registered at 362.95 million, up by 55% on last year. <coughs> Nevertheless, we are proud to announce that Goyle as a group, made a net profit after tax of 123.89 million in the year 2022, up by 26% compared to the previous year. Earnings per share rose to 0.316 in 2022 compared to the year 2021, which was 0.252. We are happy to declare a dividend of 0.056 to our cherished shareholders, up by 19% compared to the year 2021. Goal has not stopped working to enhance its compliance, health, safety, security, environmental, and ISO activities. All required operational permits with regulatory organizations such as the EPA, MPA, GNFS, and GSA, among others, were updated as and when due in terms of compliance. That was the board chair of the Ghana Oil Company Limited, Goyal, Reginald Daniel Lai. Now, Head of Payments and Digital Commercialization at APSA, Claude Ajin Asamoa, has assured that his outfit will continue to review its business models to meet the changing needs of customers. This, he says, will help the bank maximize opportunities and enable them to be sustainable within the digital economy. Claude Ajin Asamoa made the remarks on the on-air series of the City Business Festival, which continues this morning. Bella, today, digital is the way to go. You cannot keep maximizing the opportunity out there through your physical structures. That would not work. How many salespeople are you going to get to enter all the areas in, in Ghana and even globally? Your reach will be limited. So it's imperative that as a business, we begin to structure or restructure our models to play in this space and play more aggressively. Internally, some of the things that we've done is to ensure that we are equipping our guys, increasing the capability and capacity of our people. Again, when you look at our, our digital bouquet products and services that we offer, 
it should tell you that as a business we are very serious in that sphere again we are partnering people like MEST to be able to help the youth play some role in the community we are equipping them with skills changing the mindset and bringing up these new entrepreneurs who are also going to help develop this digital agenda lastly from a financial part which the bank comes in the money part we're also trying to ensure that we are financing all these new businesses startups fintechs uh, women in businesses agribusinesses the youth to ensure that they can now pick up their businesses and take to the next level so it's a key for us and that's why we are playing in this space he also highlighted measures absa bank has put in place to help startups in the technology space grow financially Currently, when you look uh, across one of the propositions we have in our SME space, we are actually offering this highly subsidized interest rates at 10%. And this is meant to support businesses like the fintechs that you talk about and young businesses like the youth, whichever businesses that you want to get into. Um, we want to help them. So we've subsidized our rates. Ordinarily, they would have been trending around 20-something percent, but we say no. Claude Ajinya Samwise, the head of payments and digital commercialization at APSA. The full interview, which is on the topic financing the digital economy, comes off at 9 a.m. on the City Breakfast Show. This year's edition of the City Business Festival is powered by City TV and City FM in partnership with APSA and is proudly sponsored by MTN Momo, MTN Business and ZPay with support from Gessel. Now on the interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar remain unchanged and is selling at 10 CDs 98 pesos. The British pound gained 5 pesos and is selling at 13 CDs 68 pesos. The euro gained 2 pesos and is selling at 11 CDs 76 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling at 11 CDs 70 pesos, while the British pound is selling at 14 CDs 55 pesos. The euro is going for 12 CDs, 45 pesos. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanate of Databank for the latest updates on the bonds market. The local secondary bond market was relatively quiet in the early sessions of this week, with only 1.6 million Ghana cities changing hands on some segments of the old bonds. The Databank bond index was unchanged at 94.12 points, with an average yield to maturity of 10.09%. On Treasury offers this week, the government plans to rake in 2.63 billion Ghana cities to refinance 2.5 billion Ghana cities maturing bills. That was Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank. And that's it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nanatufu Boating. Many thanks for listening. Have a good business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So the question is, what is happening in Saudi Arabia? Why is everybody going to Saudi Arabia? In fact, Messi almost went there, but he decided to go to the US. Yeah. Ronaldo is there, Ngolo Kante is there. I'm told now that uh, was the. Lots of the players are going. Karim Benzema, Rupert Zaha. Yeah. Is a serious matter. Yeah, messages America. I'm even told that Ike Gundogan or Gundohan yeah. is being seriously considered.
I, I, th- I think Arsenal should go in for that player because he brings in a lot of experience. But he, I don't think he wants to play in the Premier League. He probably oh. wants to just earn money to finish to retire in peace. <laughs> So kickoff is next Gabby. Your friend is already he's introduced himself. He hasn't even been introduced. He's already talking. <laughs> kickoff is brought to us by Shell. Everybody's looking for that one thing that pushes them to bring out their best and enables them to reach peak performance. Your car wants this too. That's why your best bet is to give it Shell Helix engine oil. Specially designed to bring out the best of your engine, protecting it from wear and tear while providing the power and performance needed to give you the best ride every time. So whether you're cruising on top of the road or battling with busy traffic, Shell Helix will keep your engine running smoothly. Choose Shell Helix, lubricant Munko Swahine, for the ultimate power, performance and protection. And did you know that for over a decade, the Shell Savings and Loans have been supporting the investment goals of customers with attractive solutions? With easy access to track your funds, we offer flexible deposit products for 91 day, 182 day, and 365 days. Open a fixed deposit account or call 0577-707700. Let's achieve your goals together. Let's share savings and loans a trusted safe haven for your investments. And so Gabby is here with kickoff. All right, Gabby, take it up. All right, coming up this morning, Lionel Messi confirms he's joining. He's close to joining Inter Miami when his contract with PSG passed on June 13th. So that reunion with Barcelona will not happen. Also, Executive Council member of the Ghana Football Association, Dr. Randy Abe, has been speaking ahead of Ghana's participation at the U23 Afcon in Morocco. Then in Europe, West Ham United are champions of the UEFA Conference League. We've got all the reactions coming up in a bit. <laughs> All right, my name is Gabby Ofer. Let's start off with this word. Executive Council member of the Ghana Football Association, Dr. Randy Abe, has expressed confidence in the Black Meteor's ability to qualify for the 2024 Olympics under the leadership of Ibrahim Tanko. Now, Ghana was unable to secure a spot in the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games after losing to South Africa in the third-place playoffs of the 2019 U23 AFCON. Now, the Black Meteors, they've been paired with um, host nation Morocco, Congo and Guinea for this year's U23 AFCON, which begins on June 24. Now, despite acknowledging the challenge of their group, Dr. Randy Abbey believes Ghana will successfully qualify. They were very unlucky in 2019. I mean, where we missed, I think, via penalty shootout or something. Uh, that we missed it, so, and that was quite unfortunate. Um, I'm just hoping that they will be able to do it. As a person who is I chaired the under 23 before, I know how uh, we've always wanted to be at the Olympics. I remember um, Nigeria drawing with us here. I mean, to deny us the opportunity of um, going to the Olympics uh, with CSSO Jones, I took a few, you know. So I know how this is important. Although um, we won the uh, All-Africa Games then in in Maputo, obviously we had wanted to to go to the Olympics. So we have yet another opportunity to do um, so. Um, I've seen the draw, very, very, very tough group. Um, but I think that the players who have been um, called up are quite good. And then I know that we're also going to augment them with some of the uh, foreign-based players who have already played for the team. All right, so that's uh, Dr. Randy Abbe speaking on Ghana's chances as uh, this year's U23 AFCON in Morocco. Well, away from that, let's do some club football stories where board member for Krahatsu for Fran Nelson in Wokolo has voiced out his disappointments with uh, the team's players following their fourth 
consecutive loss in the Ghana Premier League against Rotamale United. Now the Phobians find themselves in a risky position, just three points above the relegation zone as they approach the final week of the season. Now in an interview with City Sports, Frank Nelson hinted that uh, at the need for a self-reflection at the end of the season to avoid repeating such poor performances in the future. The result we are seeing does not justify any argument because the players have not lived up to expectation. But like I say, uh, we have a little bit of time to be able to do a reorganization, restructuring, and see what can be done. Because I don't think this is the best for our supporters. I can imagine how our supporters are moving home. I mean, it's been a very bad situation for us, especially as supporters. We cannot even walk in the streets. We cannot make arguments on the streets. We cannot jubilate about it. We cannot boast about being the oldest club in the, uh, in the country. So we need to look at it. But uh, having said that, uh, in every season, there must be in and out. So it shouldn't be a surprise if they're in and they're out. All right, Frank Nelson in Wokolo is a board member for Crow Heart of Folk. Away from Hearts, we head to Kumase, uh, where Ken Faisal, their PRO, is um, Awa Mohamed. He has acknowledged that the season has been filled with ups and downs, even though the, the team reached the final of the MTN FA Cup for the first time ever. And the team has gone through four different managers this season, with Ignatius Osefosu, former Dreams head coach, being the latest addition. Now, what Ken Faisal is at risk of our relegation from the Premier League. One Mohamed expressed contentment with the achievements of the current head coach in the limited time. Yes, I must say it has been a roller coaster for us. Uh, we didn't start the season well. We lost our first six games with uh, Coach Branko Bozovic. So we needed to uh, part ways with him and bring in Jimmy Kobler. Jimmy Kobler too started well by winning his first three games. But later you could see that the results wasn't coming. But uh, during the start of the second round of the league, we picked up the game and the performance of the club was very good until uh, the latter part of Jimmy Cobbler's coaching reign. That things were not going on well with the club. So uh, management decided to bring in, uh, to, I mean, part ways with Jimmy Cobbler and bring in another coach who can come in and salvage the club from relegation. That is why we brought in coach Ignatius. And when he came, he won his first two games, but the last four or five matches hasn't gone well with the club. All right, so you heard our Mohamed. He's the communications director for Ken Faisal Football Club, speaking to uh, City Sports there. Well, let's do some local boxing because head coach for Ghana's boxing team, Kwesio Furiasari, says the team is prepared to give their best at the upcoming Africa Boxing Championship in Cameroon, scheduled for 10th to 22nd June 2023. The Black Bombers are currently having non-residential training to get ready for the tournament. The championship will provide rankings for the boxers which will help the team in the Olympic qualifiers decided by the International Olympic Committee. Well, in terms of Alpha, we are we are we are we are always ready. Uh, as Black Bombers, uh, we, we 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 always get ourselves ready uh, for any tournament uh, that is uh, ahead of us. And uh, you know our records clear that uh, uh, we, we 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 always. Uh, mean any kind of tournament that we are doing. So that is uh, what we are doing as of now. And uh, our management, and I'm talking about the Ghana boxing situation, uh, as well as uh, all the bigger bodies, national sports authorities, as well as uh, ministries, are all aware about all this uh, uh, preparation. All right, so you had um, head coach for Ghana's boxing team, Kwesi Ofori Asari. Let's head to the Fortuna Arena where this happened yesterday. Here's an opportunity though for, ba for Bowen. Bowen for Westhead! 
Olympian trophy in 58 years. All of the pain, the heartbreak, the near misses from 1965 to 2023 have been put to bed. David Moyes has done it. His first European final in 25 years as a manager. He follows in the footsteps of West Ham's legendary Ron Greenwood 58 years ago. All right, so Jared Bowen, the hero for the Hammers yesterday at the Fortuna Arena in Prague, West Ham ending their 43-year wait for a major trophy as uh, Jared Bowen scored a late-minute goal to beat Fiorentina and win the Conference League in Prague. Alfred Duncan, uh, he was an unused substitute for Fiorentina but managed to pick up a yellow card in the 68th minute for an argument in the aftermath of uh, its size equaliser. Um, let's hear from West Ham match winner Jared Bowen. I obviously dreamed of scoring, but to score the, fight, the winner with in the last minute it's what you always say you want to score in the last minute winner and to do it in front of these fans I, I thought I was going to cry I'm just I'm just happy just so just I can't put it into words it's we've had a dream we haven't had the best season myself included but to do what we've done tonight for these fans we said before we see it all on Instagram all the fans and to give them this moment Oh, I'm over the moon. All right, so that's the West Ham's match winner, Jared Bowen, over the moon. Uh, they, well, Fiorentina have now lost in two cup finals this season. The first was in the Coppa Italia against Inter Milan on May 21. Vicenzo Italiano, gaffer for the Italian team, uh, he says it hurts to lose in two cup finals this season. So I really am... Sorry and disappointed for uh, all of Florence. We were a millimetre away from lifting two pieces of silverware and yet in future years we will talk about two disappointments, this one more so than the previous one because we played really well. I am disappointed. I think you saw that we really worked hard to try and correct some of the things that we did badly against Inter in the Coppa Italia final. Abbiamo fatto discretamente perdere così. We did it quite well. Davvero, mi fa molto male. So as I said, it really hurts. It's gutting to lose this. like this. I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. All right, so that's um, Fiorentina's gaffer, Vicenzo Italiano, speaking to an interpreter uh, there. Well, the UEFA Champions League is this Saturday. Manchester City defender John Stones has revealed that the memory of losing the Champions League final to Chelsea in 2021 still lingers within the team. City has the opportunity to achieve a historic treble by winning the UEFA Champions League final against Inter Milan after securing the Premier League and the FA Cup title. I mean, out on, on, the, on the losing side was super hard and hit home hard anyway and I think that's one of the biggest things that that feeling sticks with you and you don't ever want to make it or feel that again. So, yeah, I think we've seen a lot calmer and more confident this time going into this game. Um, and knowing that we should believe in ourselves. All right, so that's Manchester City's Johnstone speaking there. Let's uh, do this story, Sam, before we check out the studio. Well, Sheikh Jassim bin Ahmad Althani has made a fifth and improved bet to buy Manchester United. And after Friday, he will no longer engage with the process. And so some transfer stories line on Messi has also confirmed he's close to joining Inter Miami when his contract with PSG expires on June 30, admitting Barcelona's financial issues had ended any hope of a return to the newcom work for Jude Bellingham. Bouchard Dortmund, they've announced that the Madrid, uh, Madrid won't assign a midfielder for £88.5 million. Uh, pounds the Bellingham he set to undergo a medical examination in the coming days since joining Dortmund in 2020 he's played 132 matches and scored 24 goals earning the title of a Bundesliga player of the season for the 2022-23 uh, season uh, there. 
That's all the latest for today. For more stories, you can head to citysportsonline.com. My name is Gabby Offer. Take care and bye-bye. This is the, the, the City Breakfast Show. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. I'm up here in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Jamaica. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Maria Jeanette out of the black box. My City Breakfast Show. You soon do featuring my Clef Jean. Happy birthday to my husband, to whom I'm well pleased, Michael Odro Kunedu, and my adorable son, Sean Odro Kunedu. May God favor you greatly from Ajoa OK. To my beautiful wife, Mrs. Agatha Chibu, a very happy birthday to you. You are the light of my life and make every day special. I love you more with each passing day. I'm excited about all the upcoming holds. From uh, E.K. Chibu to his wife Agatha. From Mrs. Efia to Fo Usu to the love of my life, father of my kids, my present, my future. Happiest fortified birthday to my Zino Zima, Mi Amur Maxwell Usu Esquire. Cheers to love, good health, wealth, more babies. We love you from dusk till dawn. This is your wife, Mrs. Usu, to you, Maxwell Usu Esquire. And to MP for Wild West, Peter Lanchenetobu, also known as Vandal Peter. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Yeah, he's called Vandal Peter. We'll give you a quick breakdown of the latest with Frempon Boateng, the interviews he granted, and the OSP, whether they have responded or not, we'll let you know. Very interesting article penned by 
Hansen Ajiman on Justice Talk on his appointment and the future of Ghana's judiciary. That's on citynewsroom.com. It's a good read. Please get it and educate yourself on that. And uh, let me say good morning to a good, good, good friend of ours and myself, Mimi Kuma Bajie Mrs. Uh, fantastic woman. Uh, with deep knowledge in the energy sector, a lawyer by, by, by solid measure, who has distinguished herself in that, uh, that area too, uh, winning uh, the award for uh, family law uh, during her days at the Ghana School of Law. And um, I celebrate you this morning. You are a fantastic woman. You continue to impact many people in mm. positive ways, mm. uh, following in the footsteps of your father, uh, who is no more with us, mm. uh, your mother, who is with us. And um, we celebrate you. Uh, mm. Continue to do what you do. And uh, may God reward your uh, sacrifices in good measure. Well, I say all the must be running coming. I know the city is for the dance and same. And all of us have come here for let's have some steam. Mister, Mister. All right, meanwhile, a few more comments coming in on birthday requests. Yes, this one says Ruben Teen Teshi. Happy birthday to my nephews. They are twins. Hubert Amegashi and Herbert Amegashi. Bask in God's goodness and brand new blessings. You are dearly loved. This one says, hello, City CBS. Today is the birthday of Mrs. Agatha Chibu, uh, the academic registrar of the Ghana Christian International High School. Kindly wish her a blessed, happy birthday in advance. May God's favor uh, be abundant on her. It's coming in from uh, Nana Kweku Mtu Afum, year 12. Hey, Charlie, you're already sending in messages to mm. the city. He's a very popular person because Coach Nimli also sent mm-hmm. that message for, okay. to this uh, Mrs. Agatha Chibu. Mm-hmm. So possibly a lot of people celebrating her mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. This one came through Chris Nimli to the, from the husband, E.K. Okay. Chibu. Mm-hmm on the same birthday which happens to be today and this one says good morning bernard and team please wish mrs anita aye a mayor of pharma consortium a glorious happy birthday we love you and may god continue to make you a blessing mm. from aseda adipa and the entire kosoe family mm. and this one says uh, can you wish my daughter selly a requa geji uh, happy birth, uh, first birthday. She brought us so much joy and love. Is she listening? Mm. <laughs> we pray God's blessings <laughs> and favor for her always. Uh, it's coming from Dad, George, and uh, Mom, Ajoa. Right. And finally, this one says, Happy birthday to my wife, Anita Na Ofebia Joletu. Um, from Ava. Hey, be careful hey. there. <laughs> Is it evil or. Okay. <laughs> Where are going with this message? Something. Yeah, it's going straight to some dangerous waters. From what? AVA. Are you sure the V has nothing under it? Watch out for our fourth day in the first week of our City Business Festival on a series. My guest is the head of payment and digital commercialization at APSA, Claude Ajena Samoa. He's the head of payment and digital commercialization. He'll be speaking on financing the digital economy. It's at 9.05 this morning. Send in those entries for the literacy challenge.
Oh, yes, indeed. The literacy challenge is on. Win 10,000 CDs and a trophy in not less than 600 words. Write a story that ends with the statement, the happiest people do not have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. That's a powerful, powerful quote that your essay should end with. I feel like writing a story about that. I feel like doing a show on that. The happiest people do not have the best of everything. They make the best of everything they have. Scripts should be in your own handwriting, must be endorsed by parents or guardian or teacher. Add your full contact details. Deadline for submission 15 July 2023. You can submit to City TVC front desk here in Adabraka or Atesano or post to PO Box GP14123 Accra Central. You know what's funny? <clears throat> you know, when Ghana develops and we don't have any problems to deal with and we don't have any, you know, like road problems, we don't have Galamse, economy is doing well, and we're just problems. Happy. Yeah, people have access to toilets. Mm-hmm. When we come on air, or when whoever comes on air, we just kind of discuss. Today, the topic for the day is the happiest people do not have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. Discuss. Yeah. You know, we come and discuss philosophy yeah, yeah, on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you That's know? what happens. Yeah. You know, when you go to some countries, their morning shows are very challenging. Sky, have you eaten today? Yeah. What's the, what's the, <laughs> who's the best waiter you've seen in your life? Yeah. Then they'll be talking. Then they'll just be happy. Yeah. Then they'll just play music. They'll yeah. just jump. Uh-huh. Bagana, Bernard. The contractor has not done the road. People don't have access to toilet. OSP has invited from pump water. The economy, IMF. Every everything. It's as if Charlie. Every day you are coming and say you are going to do a, a master's degree in economics. Charlie. <laughs> or you are doing a master's in development studies. Charlie. Every day, something about economy. You have to go back to Kwame Nkrumah, read some constitution. Oh, meaning eh? eh? When will we also just come on eh, and just play music? Mm? Come and discuss nice topics like. The happiest people on earth do not have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. Then Nathan will do. Godfrey will do. Then you will do. Then we will say who has won. People will call and vote. Uh, who has won the day? Uh, That's we should it should be fun. Yeah, unfortunately, people are, have not stopped scheming to create loot and share. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can't we can't we can't relent. No, no, we can't relent. We have to deal with the hard issues. Actually, sometimes I frustrate. I want all of these days. Yeah. You know, every day. Then, so, so like when you are coming on, like. You know, um, two days ago when I was coming on there, mm-hmm. I was very, very concerned because I hadn't finished reading, I hadn't read the judgment. Mm-hmm. That 36-page and I got it in the night mm-hmm. and I didn't wake up early. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I'm coming on there, I'm like, Charlie, this Supreme Court, if, if we were not here, mm-hmm. I would have been hot that day. Okay. You know, it's some way. It's like, you can't even, Charlie. Charlie, it's some way. You know, 36 pages and this is not like normal English. <laughs> Charlie, on or around 5th December, something, so, Charlie, what is this? Then they quote Galaga. Then they read something. Like yesterday, some page two. They went to quote Atuguba page two seventy something. Then yeah. the language is so difficult. Yeah. Charlie, no, don't allow us to just have fun. Ghana, moon developing country, you know, so that we can move forward. Uh, but uh, yeah. you know, just to plug into that, mm-hmm. uh, since today, um, you know, Justice, um, the Venerable Justice uh, Duche, Acting Chief mm-hmm. Justice, we should be celebrating him today. Yes, uh, let me just uh, <laughs> celebrate. We should, we should him. celebrate. We should be playing. We should, we should, get, we should you know, Bobo, you should do a Duche, you know, government in, in another world. Uh-huh. Do Duche's playlist. Thank you. Today is bowing out. Uh-huh. It's top ten songs. Thank then you. you call him and you laugh. Just enjoy. Hey, just have fun. Then you say, oh, I like. Then you, then you tell that he likes something. Ah, you like this? So he likes Alumba. Say, hey, do you like Alumba? Uh-huh. Something like that. Uh-huh. Then you'll be happy. Yes. You can still do it. Charlie, oh, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> the system is economically difficult. Yeah, yeah, sure, there should be some Bobo song we play right, for him sometime it, later. But I, I, there's, there's a reason. reason. No, you can't. There's a reason. Just I, 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 I won't do. But do you know what kind of music he likes? 
I, I, there's I no know. way he would not like Bobobo because he's from Pando and uh, oh okay so, okay Bobobo I said yeah oh okay yeah but confirm it first oh you be surprised how can you be maybe like jazz or something it will shock you one thing that is very sure if you play him the Accra Academy anthem he'll be happy yeah 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 that's a how can you produce so many judges and lawyers and Accra they monopolize are you serious 72 I think is he older than Doha Jaho or younger no he's older They've produced all kinds of legal minds. I think Alajit is also a cracker. Yeah, you know, and then there was also DF Anand is a cracker. Doa Jaho is a cracker. A lot, a lot of them. A lot of legal brains. Yeah, and 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 the reason I I celebrate him is that he's contributed so immensely to enriching the law and the mm. use of our constitution mm. and then also extending the boundaries of mm. um, many many rights that people enjoy today although guaranteed by the constitution so which are some of the cases you did so for instance in the mensa and mensa case which uh, i think godfred mentioned it yesterday mm. um, you know he that to the law was that the law of ghana mm. was that if a man acquires property mm -hmm. during the pendency of marriage. That mm -hmm. property belongs exclusively to him. Okay. So the kids may, may contribute, the wife may do anything. It is just the normal operation of mar marriage. At that time, Olenu laid down that rule mm -hmm. much, much mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. Then came the principle of substantial contribution. Okay. So the lawyers, the judges then developed a theory okay. or a principle that the woman must prove or the spouse must prove that when this property <coughs> was acquired mm -hmm. during the pendency of the marriage mm -hmm. he or she contributed substantially to it mm. so that contribution could be in the form of you maybe uh, you know uh, fetching water mm -hmm. as they were building the, the house mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. you using your money to buy mm -hmm. uh, what you call it roofing sheets and okay. all of that but then there were criticisms around it because many women were w going home without anything at mm -hmm. the end of marriage. Mm -hmm. And the concern was that why are you creating a situation where women stay at home, they bathe their babies, they... They also contribute to the family. Exactly. But because they are not earning a direct income, uh -huh. they don't get anything. Uh -huh. And then in the Mensa v. Mensa case, mm -hmm. Justice Duce used his legal industry in all his glory in his <laughs> glory to actually give effect to article 22 of the constitution mm -hmm. uh, by expanding the principles um, which we now call you know equality is equity mm -hmm. so that the starting point mm. is that at any point during the marriage when property is acquired the presumption is that we are going 50 50. okay do you understand? Okay, so, the, okay. the, because the framers of the constitution said that... So, what is yours is, is also mine. Yeah, that's right. Now, it is in... But the principles of equity would apply. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you, Bernard, contributed more... Substantial more. Uh -huh, mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and that has, to a large extent, saved many, many women. So, that men. is the Mensa versus Mensa. Mensa cases. Okay. There have been several other decisions that have been developed wow. on that particular principle but and this is within the remit of family law family law family law and and so women who are in abusive relationships women who are struggling to support the family or in a strange relationship in a strange relationship when something wow. happens to the relationship <coughs> tomorrow mm -hmm. and there is evidence to prove that a particular property was acquired during the pendency of a marriage mm. then 
um, they can and go to court. But this was, was he in the Supreme Court or he did this as a high court judge? No, it was a Supreme Court. It was a case that traveled from the, the lower courts to the... To and this the, was his judgment? Yeah, that's right. Really. He, he decided it. And, and it's become precedent now? Yeah, it's a locus classicus um, in, in many oh. respects. And then also, um, he also gave effect to Article 18 mm -hmm. of the Constitution on Privacy. Okay. And the case of um, um, Aka versus uh, ADB. Mm -hmm. Now, that case concerned a woman who was at the time working with ADB. I don't know if she's still working with mm -hmm. them now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the heat of some reforms at ADB, mm -hmm. um, a friend of hers mm -hmm. recorded her. Hey. You know, they were having a conversation on phone. And mm -hmm. then a friend recorded that conversation mm -hmm. about the reforms and her misgivings. She was um, a oh. senior most person or a senior... So it's a private conversation. Uh -huh. So the person secretly taped the conversation okay. and handed it over to management. Oh, that oh, this is what your senior <laughs> person is saying Ooh. about the reforms you're doing, Ooh. which was gross violation of, of the their woman. privacy. Exactly. So the matter what happened? Uh huh. So she was she was fired. Oh, they you know had a disciplinary committee hearing. She appeared and subsequently they removed her from office, yes, and she got you know disturbed and she filed an action. Of they course. traveled to the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. and you know Justice Duche and the rest of the team did justice wow. um, by expanding the frontiers of Article 18, giving effect to it. So that, essentially, that her rights were violated. Yeah, that's right. And that, that evidence was wrongly procured. Exactly. But they put to use it to sack her. Cry. It's not even fair. It was wrong. So from that principle, from that principle, you cannot now. If I'm talking to you, Bernard, on phone, mm -hmm. some people have auto record on their phones. Mm -hmm. So when you are talking to them, the moment you call them, the recording has started. Mm -hmm. So whatever conversation you have with them, you record it and then you send it out. Mm -hmm. I can sue you when you do that because in consenting to wow. the conversation with you, I did not at any point say that you could record me. Wow. The only basis upon which that uh, what you call recording can be taken in as evidence in a valid way mm -hmm. is where, for instance, I'm planning to do a coup d'état, so, yeah. uh, knock on wood, or something which something is subversive to the state. Exactly, national security issues. Yes. Otherwise, you have violated a person's yeah, rights. That's, right. that's, right. that's interesting. That's mm -hmm. interesting. So I mean, I'm happy what you're doing because I. I feel like sometimes you know they are in, in ghana now because the way the media works a lot of people who get prominence don't deserve it mm -hmm. and a lot of people who deserve to be celebrated don't get to be celebrated because they don't cause controversy mm -hmm. and i blame myself and other journalists for this because in seeking for news they are very effective people who contribute to our society who will not do interviews or who will not even be highlighted mm -hmm. and the fact that they don't do interviews doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about them yeah. so you find out that many people occupy the prominent prominence in public public discourse just because they are politicians mm -hmm. or because they are some lawyers mm -hmm. but you're right that for somebody who served on the bench for this number of years mm -hmm. who has helped to shape our jurisprudence in this very intricate way who will not necessarily go and do a self-serving interview because of the way he was trained yeah it's good for a, a journalist lawyer to go through and say here are some of the cases he did mm -hmm. all right now, the Bando secondary people, people are saying that he did form one to five days, so we shouldn't take them out of the conversation. <laughs> okay. So, in fact, a, a, a person's secondary school uh -huh. is the place they went from form one to five. Oh, I see. Not the... Sit form is just an addendum to uh -huh. their education. I see a footnote. So, Neta, Ufan, I feel like a No, but we. We will not. We will not. That's fine. That's okay. That's 
I mean, we'll, 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 we'll not argue yeah. about that. The uh-huh. point really is so, that if you go through Akraka's annals and records, he's there. you'll find Jones Duche's name there. Yeah. That, uh, that is fact. Uh-huh. And we will not argue uh-huh. against such facts. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And also, better, let me also quickly mention that um, he's also decided an important case that clarified the law and... Um, what do you is call it? What is knowledge? canal knowledge? Um, you know, previously, you know, the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's right. This was um, so. This you know was about some police officers uh, who apparently forced a woman into having sex. They basically raped a woman. They dragged her into a room and just raped her. In Ghana. In Ghana. And um, how far back was this? Oh, this. Uh, this was decided. I, I don't immediately have the. Okay. But it was in the. It should be the early part of 2000, 2000. Yeah. So it's know. quite a while back. Yeah, quite a while back. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, he 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 clarified he the definition of carnal knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, that's right. That it doesn't matter how deep you go or how trifling. That's it slow. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, so I, because kids are listening. I see. So yeah. Doche has a lot. I didn't know this. Oh no! I mean, when it comes. Of to course, you lawyers know these things, but we will don't. Yeah. It's, not, it's not our bread and butter. It, but the, the problem is it's also very prominent on the NGO scene, actually. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell the me about legal side. You know, oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He's 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 been a fervent supporter of a lot of mm-hmm. um, this project that was freeing people. The the early the remand one. Oh yes, um, the Justice for All program Project program that oh, was well, no, he he, okay. he used to go around. Okay. My question though well. was, who are his mates in the legal? You know, Lord, they have these things they call like the his year group who mm-hmm. it would be nice to know because for example i remember when i equal to appeared before the supreme court in the mm-hmm. uh, sir john case mm-hmm. it was we we're pleasantly surprised to know that he his mates were most of the guys on the, on the bench on the bench and also sometimes when they are doing cases they'll say oh, chat you taught this guy so mm-hmm. those things are very it's not known to us but it would be my, nice my, to my, know my some father's of this. year group is a very interesting one who are, we'll discuss it later who is, who is there? <laughs> so is he senior to this man Yes, your your father. Yes, your father. Uh, for, uh, the, the head of the, Buffo, the DC yes, of the his, General Legal Council. Yes, his his uh, his cohort. I think there are two Supreme Court justices there. Okay, the president there. Okay, the so this is parties. nineteen. This will be nineteen. This is the year they are called to the bar. Yes, the yes. year they are called to the bar. Yes, Scott, do you know when Doche was called to the bar? Doche was called to the bar in the. Hold on, let me. Because today is twenty twenty three. That should be in the. Hold on. So I have to check. Yeah. By the way, he also created the term create loot and share. Yes, yes. Which I think is a very wonderful way of describing the kind of corruption <laughs> we've seen in the Fourth Republic, mm-hmm. where people scheme to create something that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. They take the money and then they share it among their friends mm-hmm. and they all keep quiet. Mm-hmm. But, so but we I'm, thank him for create loot but, and share. But, but I'm happy we're able to discuss this because, you know, in the. when the vetting of Justice Okonu was going on. And mm-hmm. in fact, this came up when, you know, recent vettings of Supreme Court justice came up. Mm-hmm. And listeners, for instance, were asking us why we are unable mm-hmm. to talk about some of these things as Sky is mentioning, some of the cases that they are known for. What are the principles that they stand for? So, yeah. for instance, if we were to do a US version or a UK yeah. version, yeah. you would know that this person is this kind of person. If this kind of case goes, this person history of rulings show that this person is this kind has this kind of philosophy mm-hmm. but it is kind of difficult but to be fair the, to, you see the law profession knows for example is did an article on Jeffrey Tokono yes, Tokon, so no. what I think what is, this is what happens the the legal profession they have they, they know the, the the position the profile the track record of the just, justices yes mm-hmm. 
but in public discourse it, it doesn't come up because it, i mean look yesterday i was trying to now read this 36 page thing it's even difficult and i'm yes. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the better journalists on the system yes. yeah. so the media hasn't really averted his mind to some of to these kinds of things and it goes we have people like sky on air who can then say look if you distill the law these are the so for example if you take justice tokonu you know yesterday one of the ndcmps was saying she's a literalist mm -hmm. so some people she was basically saying that they go by the letter of the, the, law. Of the law some people yes. expand the ex so some people expand it to say we feel that this is yes. the, uh, those kinds of things i feel like people like you and samson and selom adonu and co should be helping us do this mm -hmm. because you see the media sometimes doesn't really know who these what to are. highlight and like if, if you were not here this one i'll be talking about this mm -hmm. all right so you need to the people in the legal profession who are in the journalistic field to also help to curate what our story so for example they are going to vet justice tokonu mm -hmm. all right we should be able to summarize her top 10 cases mm -hmm. and What's as a tool so that when the journalist is doing parliament you say by the way and this is what enlightened media does by so by the way before the woman is vetted let's tell you the 10 most high profile cases mm -hmm. in the in the matter of the missing uh, this. this she did this in the, so then people say oh wow so this person these this are the high profile might. cases is yeah. done yeah. then it informs the process we we typically follow controversy yeah. so unless it's missing cocaine mm -hmm. or something that <laughs> mv benjamin something <laughs> yeah. you know so i think that this is actually our fault mm -hmm. yeah it's not the fault of this the legal profession because most lawyers know mm -hmm. before they appear before somebody what we also need what the person's mindset is mm -hmm. and what the person's track record is most lawyers know what we also need to do is to engage with the public more in terms of with public um colloquiums mm -hmm. or sittings for instance i mean you have the ghana law school inside mokola mm -hmm. now ask yourself how many times have we gone out of mokola uh, what do you anything to go and meet the market women to educate them about what the constitution or says even in your rights. law week you go to specific places like a secondary school and say let's add it's almost like the law people they are so happy with themselves yeah so they don't they don't they don't need you to join them look they are okay we are not i reject no but you are born by one you see when when i was i was you can reject it but it is the truth there's something known as be a law student for two days or be a law student for a day yeah so for instance secondary school students they will bring them to come and experience yeah that's right they'll bring them while we are having lectures they will come in and sit in and ask questions like the, the lecturer will be teaching about some yeah. serious principle they will ask questions so at that level, does well with that at that level yeah. they develop interest in the yeah, lawyer so, oh, right. this thing is interesting i think i want to be a lawyer and when you I, speak to them after, i think the challenge with our law profession is that it's very exclusive that even people who are in the the high levels of law seem to think that we need we need like for example that we need we need we don't need more lawyers i i, I was telling somebody that based on my interaction with lawyers law is not just acquisition of knowledge, knowledge. They, you are training a complete human being i was giving an example so i was emceeing a program where just talking was speaking mm -hmm. upsa i invite people to come and talk everybody comes to talk now i invited uh what's the name of this guy george sapon to come and speak yeah and when he came he went to bow first yeah. the way he even started talking he tells you that this guy's training is different he actually recognized there were judges that we didn't even know we were just talking mm -hmm. then he then the way he started speaking realized that this guy's training mm -hmm. and the way he was even addressing them mm -hmm. My lords and some things. Yeah. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. You see, a society for a society to advance, mm -hmm. you need to get more people into professions like this. Exactly. All right, because it's a training. It's a complete training. It's not just 
go and pass the exam. Mm-hmm. The way they talk, the way they analyze issues, the way they approach issues. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you're a lawyer, you need to even have a good temperament because you can you have to tolerate somebody's argument. Yes, yes. Like when we're on Legon campus, we argue, 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 argue. When somebody goes to law school and comes back, he may not even shout. Mm-hmm. He will be more systematic in his argument yes. because he's been trained. Yes. You understand? So I'm just yes. saying that you guys need remove the and then just open up so that you, you can you can't be saying that on air what kind of behave yourself it's a position that many people hold in many countries see, that the legal profession is very exclusive and very snobbish. i even want to say sometimes insula sometimes no, I don't think we are narrow-minded. I, I don't think so. He didn't um, say narrow-minded. No, he didn't, no, he didn't say narrow-minded. narrow-mindedness. No. No, no. Then, then perhaps the, the insula doesn't work in uh-huh. this regard. Mm. But there's a very protective approach to the exclusivity of it. No, it's, see, it's almost... You see, we call it the noble, the the noble. Okay, you know what? Let's finish with this. <laughs> a few things. He worked as a state attorney with yeah. Attorney General's Department mm-hmm. from 1979 to 81. <laughs> After this stint, he went into private practice. <laughs> now, listen to this guy. He was president of the Voter Regional Bar yeah. of the GBA, mm-hmm. became a high court judge in June 2002. Mm-hmm. So that's 21 years mm-hmm. ago. Became a judge in the Court of Appeal mm-hmm. September 2003. So he rose pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So 20 years ago, he was already in the Court of Appeal. Yeah. So which means that in seniority, he's probably even more senior to most of the people who were, even some of his predecessors as as CJ. He also served as chairman of the governing board of the Judicial Training Institute in Accra. Mm-hmm. He chaired University of Ghana Council. University Council, sorry, University Council of the, uh, sorry, University Council of UHAS, yeah, not University yeah. of Ghana, UHAS, yeah. which is Allied Sciences in Ho. Mm-hmm. Um, we are told he went to Accra Academy in the re- report I have, even though I'm reliably informed he also disbanded secondary school. Yeah, the, his family can come and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. University of Ghana, Legon, 1976 was when he graduated. Yeah, called to the bar 78. So, the, yeah. the key point mm-hmm. he was called to the bar mm-hmm. 45 years ago, Charlie, so many years 45 ago. before all the people in this studio were born. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was in fact when he. He worked with Attorney General to 81. That was when I was born. Yeah, from 79 to 1981. Yeah, yeah. so he was called to the bar in 1978. So you can check who his cohorts were. Yeah. And I think about 78, oh. Mm-hmm. So this is a champo into Akufu mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Liman and Rawlings. Yeah. So these were the 70s, were the, probably the most difficult decades mm-hmm. in Ghana's history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've mentioned three cases. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's done. Maybe later on you can remind us of a few more. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk about Frimpong Party and the OSP. Mm-hmm. He granted an interview to a number of media houses <coughs> and a lot of people are surprised that he was arrested when he went to meet the OSP. We'll break that down for you and tell you what questions OSP itself has to answer. But Tech and Social Media Trends is next. Brought to us by FBN Bank. We invite our female entrepreneurs and professionals to sign up for the First Gem account designed for women age 18 and above. If you prepare personal savings or First Gem current account or you look to open a First Gem entrepreneur account, either we've got you covered. Call 059-69-21921 or visit any FBN branch. Go to fbnbangana.com for more information. And Vodafone is also offering you the best value data and voice offers. We offer uh, an unbeatable deal for you by simply dialing star 530 hash and get on to any of our made for me bundles. For as little as one Ghana CD, Vodafone made for me is just what you need. Vodafone feather together.
Nathan Obodai Kwao. <laughs> He's telling us what's going to trend. Nathan, what's trending? <laughs> well, uh, very obviously, Professor Frimpong Boating is trending. He has been in the news following, of course, the, all the details that have emerged in, in his dealings with the Office of the Special Prosecutor. Um, in terms of the sporting trends, a number of things. So on the footballing side of things, you have West Ham trending, Declan Rice um UECL trending. That was the conference league final played last night. West Ham beat Fiorentina by two goals to one. David Moyes' first major trophy in a long time. West Ham's first major trophy since 1980. Wow. So all of that is also trending. Well, on the basketball, Duncan didn't get a trophy. Yeah, he was yellow carded though mm-hmm. on the on the sideline for uh, you know one episode or another. Yeah, yeah. In terms of um other uh, sporting trends. So on the basketball side of things, Game Four is trending. Uh, the Denver Nuggets they beat the Miami Heat game four of, what? of the NBA Finals. Sorry, I Game see. Four of the NBA. Between final. who and who? The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. So so early this morning or last night in the US, the Denver Nuggets won Game Three. Denver, so it's now two one. Denver Colorado. Yes, it's now two one. They won at Miami, so they won the first game at home, okay. lost the second at home, and mm. they won the third. But it's game a bigger on the Miami road. story. Which is Lionel Messi. Inter Miami. Yes, so he's going to Inter Miami. And that means... So that's what... David Beckham is also in the trends because that's the team he owns. But Sky, think about it. Ronaldo is in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Messi going to Saudi Arabia will not help him. US is huge because there's a whole Mexican market. And US US people they, they in fact US people they they, they, they do their own well series. Yeah. So Messi Messi will make a lot of money. He will. Plus, the, the, deal, the deal also gives him their other perks. He yeah. gets to their deals uh, with Apple and other Hello. big brands tied into I actually well. thought Ronaldo should have gone to the US to end his career. I didn't think he should have gone to Saudi Arabia, but anyway, uh Inter so Miami. Yeah, Sheikh Jassim is also trending. Oh. Sheikh Jassim is trendy. He's the man who wants to buy Manchester United. He's giving them up to Friday. And according to reports, he's dropped the last offer on the table. Take it or leave it. I hope it. they refuse it. Um, uh, Athletics, uh, David Austin is mm-hmm. also um, David Austin is also trending. What has he done? Now, he's usually the Athletics go-to guy for transfers. All right. So, he's dropped some very interesting news. So, concerning the Messi deal, eight months ago, he said in time Miami, we're talking to Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. And then he's also been giving updates on Jude Bellingham. So he is going to Real Madrid. That deal has been announced. With the team so, anyway, that's that. Uh, in terms of tech news, um, companies in the future mm-hmm. may use brain monitoring technology to watch or hire workers. That's according to the data watchdog. Uh, <laughs> but there's a real danger of discrimination if the technology is not developed and used properly, mm. according to the Information Commissioner's Office. Now, um, Tech Futures Neurotechnologies, the first ICO reports on neural data, which is data from the brain and nervous system. It comes as companies such as Elon Musk, Neuralink, explore new ways to let computers connect to mm. human Let brains. me also give you one. I just saw a story from Forbes News. That there's a new tool which can tell if something is AI written with 99% accuracy. accuracy. Mm. So those who want to use AI to do their homework <laughs> will catch you. There's there's new tool will catch you. Mm-hmm. So do do what you have to do. That was second media trends. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So it's nine minutes past eight on a city breakfast show. A couple of quick screens to remind you of. Final notice to all debtors and ground rent defaulters of TDC Development Company Limited. All debtors and defaulters of lands purchase, land management fees, license fees, and ground rent 
as well as office and shop rent and house rent are advised to make payment of their debts using any of the following channels momo short code star 737 star 46 hash gcb bank nationwide you can also pay at Ashaman sub office opposite Joe Cinema at Ashaman Market or make payments at TDC head office near Olam Senior High School. Also, debtors and defaulters are reminded that the company will exercise their right to recover possession of the affected plot and premises and redeem the outstanding amounts owed without further recourse to them if payments are not made by 30th June. You may call 059-69-13-236 for more information. Can you really call it savings and investments if all you keep doing is pay charges on the account? At Bayport, we believe an investment account should make you more money. That's why our fixed deposits have been the preferred choice for most Ghanaians over the past 20 years. Convenience and peace of mind are redefined as you enjoy guaranteed maximum returns on every CD invested with us. Call us on 0302-745-454. Bayport, your future now. And Bell Pack Tissue has tea rolls that are soft but not weak, strong but not hard, just perfect. Our tea roll is smooth and gentle on the skin, same as Bell Pack Kitchen Towels. Cleans in one wipe, lasts long, saves you money. Switch to Bell Pack today and experience the perfect paper tissue, whether it's the napkin, the toilet roll or the kitchen towel. Call 055-1144-400. This is another quality product from Bellacqua. Now, whether by blood or by choice, a father is a pillar of support, provider of security, and a source of unwavering strength. And at Caveman Watches, we recognize the invaluable role of these heroes. That's why they are putting together a great Father's Day package. You can get uh, your father figure or your father a stunning caveman watch in that package. They also have cufflink, stylish shirts, grooming kits, handwriting cards, and many more to make this Father's Day truly special. From packages starting at 2,000 CDs and upwards, there's a perfect option for every budget call 0557-516744 or visit cavemanwatches.com and get your hero the perfect father's day present caveman watches be remembered the University of Ghana Business School is pleased to announce the opening of applications for its special pro, uh, postgrad programs. Now, interested individuals can choose from a wide range of programs. They've got the Executive MBA, Weekend MBA, and Master of Public Admin programs, and they have one-year master's programs as well. If you are interested, join the virtual info session today at 4 p.m. The link can be found on all University of Ghana business school social media handles visit the website ugbs.ug.edu.gh or call 0501-581-492 or 0501-581-493 now everybody's looking for that one thing that pushes them to bring out their best and enables them to reach peak performance your car wants the same thing too that's why you need to give it Shell Helix engine oil whether you are cruising on the open road or battling with busy traffic Shell Helix will keep your engine running smooth smoothly true shell helix lubricants moon kosohini for the ultimate power performance and protection visit your local shell station today and experience the difference for yourself all right let's jump into the big issue for the day former chairman of defunct imsim on mining professor kabla from was a former minister for science technology innovation so environment science technology innovation says he was arrested by the special prosecutor Having also served as the environment minister, Professor Prabhupada Barton asserted during an interview with TV3 that he had nothing to hide. The special prosecutor is investigating allegations of corruption within the Interministerial Committee on Legal Mining. And Professor Prabhupada Barton was speaking to Albert Okanse. Here are details, here are excerpts of the interview, rather. Well, I was um, 
we waited at the lobby down there. That was my first time in that uh, building. So uh, uh, then uh, we got there around 10 o'clock, waiting for the lawyer, my lawyer. When he came, we were, we were taking upstairs, I think to the seventh floor or so, where the office is. And then uh, we were ushered into a room. I was given a chair, and opposite me was um, the chief investigator. Next to me on my right were my lawyers, two of them. And then uh, some officers from from that office. So as soon as I sat down, the chief investigator came to me. I was sitting down. He put his left hand on my right shoulder and said, Professor, you're under arrest. He said you're under arrest? Yes, under arrest. For Why? Well, he says they are investigating corruption and corruption-related activities of the IMCIM, and that is the Interministerial Committee. Which you were the chairman of? I was the chairman of. Any specific thing I have done? No, they are just doing the investigations. But all the same, I was on arrest. Uh, I, I find it a little strange. But then, that was my first time in such an office. They asked me whether I was uh, ready for the interview. And I said, well, why not? I will answer as much as I could. So I was questioning for about two hours or so, maybe a little bit more. And after that, I was told that I had to be bailed before I could be released. Of course, they did not even suggest self-recognizance bail. I needed somebody to bail me. So a friend of mine was down there at the lobby. He came up and bailed me. So I left and they went with my friend to his house to see where he was staying. So that if I absconded, maybe they will, they will find my friend and he will in turn uh, you know, produce me to the court, yes. This is what happened. I see. But what was the original purpose of the invitation to the Office of Special Prosecutor? Yeah, they said um, they were investigating corruption and corruption-related activities of the IMCIM. Uh, I find it a little bit strange. Anyway, that was the invitation. The Special Prosecutor's invitation? Yes, day. yes. I see. And, and, and so when the, the, the tour... That, that mutation came a day after I had received a suit, a suit from Mr. Gabriel Chilapu. I see. So after Gabriel Chilapu... I'm not saying that the, the two are related, yes. but just the time frame. And what was Gabriel suing you for? Defamation. Defamation. So this two-hour interrogation, the, the, the interview that you had with the investigator, they did give you an indication of exactly the corruption or corruption-related activity that... Uh, there are a lot of questions. Uh, I cannot go over those questions now. Maybe I'm not supposed to do that. I don't know. It's a court. No, not a court aside, but they're doing their investigation, so I don't want to go into those details. But they went through a lot of... I went through a lot of questions, yes. See. And did, they, did your friend tell you, or did you have any indication of how much the bail amount was? I heard two million cities. Two million teams. This is what I heard, yes. But your friend didn't tell you exactly what? I think, if I remember, two million, yeah. I, I was told one million and, and then another million, I, I don't know, but I, I, I heard the figure two million. Two million. Yeah. Were you charged? No, I was not charged. You weren't charged? No. I see. And so it was just on the basis of that corruption and corruption related investigation. Investigation. 
And have you been invited since? No, I'm not invited since. No, since May. No. No follow-ups, invitation. No, no. I see. But now this this is coming out. Now that you have been, you were arrested and and granted bail. Why do you think this is coming up now, after this happened 16th May? I really don't know because um, when we were there, there were a lot of journalists at the gate. So uh, they stopped me and wanted to interview me, but I, I didn't want to. I mean, I'm not, when I'm not sure about things, about court things and investigations, I, I don't speak at all. Uh, but this afternoon, somebody called me and sent me a link that he read it from OSP online portal. Uh, I don't know whether that is true or not, uh, but this is what uh, I was told. As I said, it may not be true, so uh, let's keep it that way. I see, but was it in relation to this, these excavators and the matters captured in your report, the, the, the missing excavators? Did they mention any, anything of a sort during the As I said, they, they mentioned we go over a lot of topics. So, including the message. I will not mention any specific thing, but we went through a lot of things. But as I said, I'm not very sure whether I'm supposed to mention them or not because uh, records were taken and they have the records. And uh, the, did they make, make reference to the details in the reports that was leaked, your report? No. We didn't go over, I don't think we went over the reports that I wrote. No. During that two-hour period, no. there was no reference to the... No, 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 no. I don't remember. I don't, no. Interesting. So, but, I mean, over the period, I'm sure you've had time to to, to also look back at what, how the interrogation... Did the OSP give you an indication that you're going to be invited again? Well, they said if, uh, if they did me, uh, they would invite me. This is what I was told. So... If they need you, they're going to invite you. Yes. Have you seen this shoot as well by Captain Koda? I have seen it, and um, I've given my lawyers are dealing with it. So, okay. Yeah. So you've been served. Yes. The, the interesting thing is that you know it goes through the uh, internet, social media, for a day or two before I'm served. So I was served this afternoon. This afternoon. Yes. And. What exactly is he? He said, I've defamed him. Defamation. Defamation. Same as Gabi Asarichuda. Yes. So you and there's a third one. There's a third shoot. Yes. Uh, John Ufuriata Dawune, the former national security coordinator for the Central Region. He was also captured in the report. Captured in the report. Because also suing for defamation. John Oforiata is also suing for defamation. Yes, yes. You, you are expecting a lot more of these suits of defamation, you know? Yeah, ready for them. Some of them will be sorry. I see. And you still stand by the details of this report? I don't deny the report. I know the report, but I have not published any report. Mm -hmm. And the report was meant for the presidency and not for public consumption. Indeed. And that's something that you've been consistent about? Yes. Do you feel targeted, I mean, in, in all of this? Of course, in a way. I'm not, I'm not, I'll be a fool not to <laughs> uh, feel that way, you know. 
that the party allied, the government are serving, and so on, seem to be doing that, you know. Because if we hear, whether that is true or not, if we hear the official communication from the jury are saying that the report is hearsay and uh, what is personal opinion, and the um, attorney general also saying the same thing, and so on, that's, and you go around the nation, and the destruction and pollution are increasing. Then it's, it saddens me. So in two minutes past so that was Dr. Uh, Professor Kwamna Frimpon Boateng speaking to uh, Alfredo Kansi of TV3. Just wanted to uh, get the timelines correct, then we get into the analysis. So the first time, so the, I think there are four dates. There's October 2022. Mm-hmm. Then there's March 2023. Mm-hmm. Then there's on or around April 2023. Then there's May, May 3 and May 17. Mm. Good. So uh, what happened in October 2022? Was that when the um, OSP began? They are investigating into the activities of IMSIM. Yes. That's when they began. Was it known to the public at the time that they were doing an investigation? Because for me, the first time this became public for us in the public domain, at least in the high-profile sense, was when the some news portals leaked aspects of their report. Well, in but the OSP has said that, that they had begun investigation. Yes, in that was on the 10th of October, 2022. Wonderful. There was a press release that the Office of the Special Prosecutor has commenced investigation into suspected corruption and corruption-related offences in respect of illegal small-scale mining. So that was announced? Yes. Yes. And did they say who they were investigating? They were just investigating so the whole the thing? The investigation targets some officials okay. of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources okay. and the Forestry Commission. It also targets the activities and expenditure of the Dissolved Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, especially in respect of the seizure and management of excavators, machinery, road vehicles, and gold nuggets. So everybody, yes. everybody. Yeah, on the IMSIM. Good. But at this point, did the public know that there was a report that Professor Pimpon Boateng had no. done and submitted? No. So nobody in the public knew that no. there was a report. No. And this report, from what we know now, had been submitted when? Two years Two earlier. Two years earlier to the Chief of Staff. Yes. Wonderful. Then the next thing we hear is in March, when... If from, from when Martin, the document becomes public. Okay, the, the document is come. Portions of the document yes. go go public, and then he gives an interview on GTV. Yes, and apparently to say that he was going to be investigated or he had been quite invited or something of that nature. Or the the the, the interview was around many things, right. but then also dealt with this matter of um, Galamse, mm-hmm. and then the role that he suspected people within Please. government played. You understand, and then not short, not long after that, we heard a publication from, uh, we read a publication from the GBC. Mm-hmm. This was on March twenty. Okay. Um, stating that the president has directed investigations into the allegations made by the former minister Wonderful. shortly after this interview. And we don't know whether the president's directive was to OSP because president doesn't direct or OSP. Police. Because well, the, the president, when he makes a directive, it will be to people directly 
So it will probably be the police or the attorney general Some, or something. The national security. Yeah. Because the president's announcement came after the OSP who said what they were doing already. Yeah. So OSP is October. So the so president story, is March. Okay. Uh -huh. The story actually says, and, and Bernard, with your permission, hmm. it says President Akufuado orders probe into Professor Frempon Boating's Galamse allegations. And this by Franklin Asaridonko. Mm -hmm. It says that President Anadudanko Akufuado has directed the police to commence investigations into allegations made by the former Minister of Environment, Science and Technology and Innovation, Professor Kwabena Frimpong-Boateng, to the effect that some top government officials were engaged in illegal small-scale mining, popularly known as Galamse. In making the allegation, Professor Frimpong-Boateng further said that some persons in government orchestrated his exit following his fight against the illicit uh, small-scale mining trade mm -hmm. just to be able to go on mm. with the illegal practice now speaking in an interview with gifty aj on gtv's legends of our time mm -hmm. he said quote and unquote there was an orchestrated scheme even within the party and government to mm. get me out why is it that when i left everyone is in the forest so this is march yeah. 2023 that, that's right yeah then on the third on the 2nd of May, sorry, the OSP issued an update mm -hmm. and said that on 10 October 2022, the Office of the Special Prosecutor published that it had commenced investigations into suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses in respect of illegal mining. Mm -hmm. It was stated that the investigation targeted the activities and expenditure of the dissolved Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, IMSIM, especially in respect of the seizure and management of excavators, mm -hmm. machinery, road vehicles, and gold nuggets, and officials of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, the Forestry Commission, and other public officials and private persons. The OSP acknowledges the recent calls for action and investigations into these matters by the public and civil society following the publication of a report on parts of these matters authored by a former Minister for Environmental Technology and Innovation held and head of the dissolved IMSIM. The OSP welcomes the calls for action and investigations and it assures the public and civil society that it is that this investigation is ongoing and far reaching. And it also covers the matters raised in the report published by the head of the dissolved IMSIM. The OSP will take necessary action against all persons deemed culpable of corruption mm. and corruption related offenses in the mining sector. And this was signed on the second of May twenty twenty three. So now on third May before that what is interesting is that in the October 18, in the 10th October press release, the Frimpon Boating report is not mentioned. Mentioned, yes. What is mentioned is Tiger IPI, Galamse, uh, Fraud, uh, Charles Bissu, and then Ministry of Mines and all those mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. It is in the May 2 update that mm -hmm. the Frimpong Boateng report is now mentioned. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an interesting point because both yeah. of us know. So up until that point, the OSP was not aware of the existence of this report? That's the question. Either they were not aware or they did not think it was necessary to mention it. Okay, no problem. Or they were not, you know, it's, it's possible. So we don't want to just... Yeah, but we are saying is that... There are a lot of so, to the president. So. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That I'm just trying to make a point yeah. that now hindsight is that the man submitted a report two years prior. OSP is investigating. From October. In October, they tell us they are doing an investigation of the whole IMSA. And we know they had to investigate because of all the things, things that are shown. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, we they didn't mention the report in the October announcement. But because by May, the March interview had... The, 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 the thing had blown up in the public domain. They had to now 
include it in their update. Mm-hmm. Second point. Now read the letter for third May for me. The third May letter. This was to him. To him. From yes, OSP. From the OSP. What does he say? Um, forgive me. It's, it's a bit. Says, yeah, it says uh, the office of the special prosecutor has commenced investigations into suspected corruption and corruption related offenses in respect of the activities and expenditures of the dissolved interministerial committee on illegal mining msm mm-hmm. the osp considers you a person necessary mm-hmm. for the investigation you are directed to attend the office of the special prosecutor at 6 haley salasi avenue south Ridge Accra, mm-hmm. on tuesday 16 may mm-hmm. 2023 at 10 100 at 10 o'clock in the gmt for interviewing mm-hmm. you may be accompanied by counsel of your choice mm-hmm. you are further directed to come along with all necessary documents in respect of the work of the interministerial committee on illegal mining emsim and we are we can safely assume this is where the arrest took no, place so the date of the the date he was supposed to come was 16th may yes so he was written to on 3rd may, may. yes on after the, the 2nd may update yes good so he goes on the 16th yes and then he now tells us in the in the interview now that when he went it was a 2 hour conversation and somebody tells him he's under arrest and then he's bailed so um, I, I just wanted to be sure that we have gotten the timelines correct. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, a report was permitted to chief of staff. Public doesn't know. Mm-hmm. October 10, OSP says they're investigating activists of IMSIM mm-hmm. and they speak more about the allegations that Anas raises in his Galamse work. Yes. We don't know if they see the report, they know the report, or we don't know. Around March, excerpts of the report are put in the media. We don't know by who, we don't know who the original source is. Mm-hmm. He gives an interview on GTV to say that yes there was a report like this and then within that same gtv report there's an an announcement that the president has directed an investigation to be done but he doesn't tell us by whom okay then in may second update says we are investigating same language but now they are saying we are aware that these report matters have come to the public domain and we are including all of that in our investigation Mm. then may trade the right to him that come and appear before us on may 16th he goes on May 16 and he's told he's under arrest and then he's given a bill of 1 million or 2 million. We are not very sure. Then he gives an interview in June to TV3 and later to Joy to say that this is what happened. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think there are a couple of questions that the OSP has to answer. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me. And I'm not a lawyer. So OSP may not have been aware of the report that was submitted to the chief of staff in October. So that's fine. But October to May is a pretty long time. So if you announce that you're investigating the matters around the IMSIM in October, there's November, there's December, there's January, there's February. Then there's March, when then the leakage of that report comes in. Mm-hmm. Now, at what point did they decide that for Party was supposed to be spoken to? Because they said truly in that letter that the IMSIM expenditures would be so you assume that he's part. So if you say IMSIM, the Ministry of Lands and all those things in October, why do you wait till May to invite him? So that's my first question. All right. The second question that arises is, in March, you hear that there's a leakage of a document which is in the public domain. Have you requested for copies of the document? Have you seen the full document? Because you know you are a lawyer, you can say the document may be in the public domain, but has, has it been properly laid before you? So have you requested for a copy? Has you been given? Because what you'll be seeing in public could be a redacted version. We don't know. So when they heard that there was a, a, a report, did they get the report? Now, the reason I know they heard there was a report is that in their May 2 
press release that they you read, it. they mentioned the report. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because some uh, people actually even petitioned. Good. Uh, so having mentioned that report, mm -hmm. do you redefine your terms of reference that you spoke to in October? Mm -hmm. Because now in October, you told us you are doing an investigation, you don't mention a report. In March, we all hear that it's a report. And you update us in May that, look, I'm doing an investigation and it covers everything. So do you, are you saying it's the same investigation I'm doing? Or you're saying that based on the report, I'm changing my investigation? Mm -hmm. So that's question two. All right. Then you, you, you invite the man in a normal invitation, ask him to bring his lawyers, which is not odd. But mind you, you are inviting him after a report has been put in the public domain. So we all know that now, Frimpon Boatin is like some whistleblower. Then you invite him on May 16th. And then you are you tell him that he's under arrest. Okay, fine. You don't you don't give us an update because you wrote to the public on May two that you are going to talk to the man. You speak to the man on May sixteen. You don't find it expedient to update us and said yes, we met Primpon Boating as part of the October thing that we said we are doing, as part of the May update that we give, and whether we are inviting him on the basis of the October one, which is expenditure around Imsim. Or based on the match that we are aware of, do you, mm -hmm. you don't tell us, you don't give us any update on that. And this is a matter of public interest. So you are not an obligation to tell the public what you're doing. But if you want the public to believe you, and if you want the timelines to make sense, and for us to believe that there is nothing untoward going on, I would have thought that after May 16, you'll say, okay, we met from Bartin. He came with his lawyers. We invited him. We asked him some questions. Investigations continue. That's number three. Number four, you've mentioned a lot of people you're investigating on October. Did, will you update us on who has been spoken to? Mm -hmm. Because in the Fimpon Barton report, he mentions about 12 ministers who are in that IMSIM. So if IMSIM expenditures are going on, it's not just the chairman. Then you mention Ministry of Lands. Have you interviewed anybody who was in that ministry? Then you mention specific people in different places who you said interfered with the investigation. All right? If you are including a report in your investigation, and mind you, you informed us of the investigation in October. And so far, as far as the public knows, two people. only two or three people have been invited. So is it that is it that is it that the, the invitation and the questioning requires so much work that you need to probably invite one person every three months? Okay, because look at the number of people mentioned in the report and even the number of issues prior to the report. There should be more people questioned than this. Then after the question of not even updating us on the investigation, have they even considered that once March has come up with the leakage, the whole mood around the investigation changes so that even if it is standard operating procedure to arrest. invite a person and arrest if you invite somebody on may 16 after a leakage of a major document in march and then you tell the person is under arrest how do you expect the public to interpret that arrest do you understand do you, do you expect the public to say that oh well because in october we said we are investigating everything and we are investigating on the basis of questions that he was supposed to answer then even though we are doing it in may we are still. Do you get me? It's like why are you leaving all these gaps and now subjecting yourself? It's like yesterday in the night, people sent me in alarming form an artwork that Professor Fumbati had been arrested. I said, "How on earth can he be arrested? This guy has been on the public domain speaking to people. He's giving just and so how how on earth is he under arrest? So and this is a question OSP must address. That I think that there has to be more information around the current terms of reference. Are they still working with their October announced terms of reference? Or have they updated it on the basis of me? Mm -hmm. Are they speaking to Ron Boating as a, a suspect? Or are they speaking to him as somebody who has blown a whistle that they want to use to get other people? That is very important for the public. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then number three, 
how come they didn't update us on this specific in incident and they, they had to wait for the man to go on air to now tell us that he was arrested and that he was granted a two million for somebody to i mean i've seen aspects of the report for somebody to spend his time to write such a report very bold to tell us the corruption involved in managing alamse and to even take the trouble to add links and pictures and videos and go on air and put himself in at the at the risk of public whatever political uh, character assassination and then now OSB now arresting telling me he's under arrest i mean you uh, maybe lawyers will understand this but i will not like okay it's sop seriously how do you expect me to think that something untoward is not going on do you understand me and the OSP itself has to understand that this whole OSP was created because of public outcry against corruption of a certain kind corruption of politically exposed persons so if a former minister has come out to issue a report which was leaked to the public the matter takes on a different turn so to now expect us to simply take your word in october as normal procedure excuse me no they need to hold a press conference and tell the media they, they need to they need to fill the gaps and then redefine their terms of reference and justify why Professor Vrambati will be arrested on 16th of, even told that he's under arrest, in the circumstance. You get me? So, OSB has a lot of questions to answer. And I'm not a lawyer yet, but at least you, you are listening to me. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm making sense to you. Yeah, you are making a lot of sense. Uh, you are making a lot of sense. Uh, uh, you see, look, let's admit it. The government has been particularly irresponsible in how it handled this from Pomboating matter. Because as I said here before, if you are giving a report two years ago, you don't wait, no matter how distasteful you find the report, even if you would later say that it was conjecture, hearsay, and all of that, the first thing you do, if you, so, you are so minded to deal with corruption, is to forward that report to the office of the special prosecutor or to the Ghana Police Service or any other relevant institution of state to investigate. They didn't do that. Someone sat on that report. It took two long years or thereabout only for it to leak, get into the public domain, before we now hear all kinds of rebuttals, allegations, and dismissals. And that was the first major blunder committed by the government. Mm -hmm. And they must admit that they were irresponsible in how they handled that matter. And it... it, 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 it the snowballing. Yeah, exactly. And, and the impression it creates mm -hmm. is that the government, for some reason, didn't want the good people of Ghana to know as to what exactly has been alleged yes. and whether it was interested in probing it. Because exactly. as president, you don't mount a podium and say you are putting your presidency on the line <sighs> over this fight against Galapagos. And when a minister releases a very damning report exactly. of this nature, there's no record of any official action on it. Yes, the first thing you do, the first thing after looking at it, okay, refer to the attorney general, look Terrible. at this report, what can be done about Terrible. it, provide me with an advice. The attorney general writes to you and says, this, these are my views on this matter. Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D will require further investigation. Let us refer, refer the same to mm -hmm. the police, the CID, mm -hmm. or the special prosecutor. That was not done. Mm -hmm. So when the matter became public and Professor Frimpon Boating spoke to the report, mm -hmm. then we heard that the president had directed the police to investigate this matter. 
So was he direct on the basis of the interview or the basis of the report? Okay. So <laughs> that, no, I'm not even asking you. Uh-huh. I'm asking the rhetorical question uh-huh. because if you are right, if mm-hmm. if the president now announces or we are told by GBC mm-hmm. that in March he mm-hmm. says he's directed, mm-hmm. two questions: Who is he directing? Mm-hmm. And is he directing them to investigate what the man has said on the TV or what is written in the report? Uh-huh. So this one was in reaction, it would seem, yeah. to what had been said by him in a television interview. You understand because they have, but knowing very well, they saw the report in front exactly. of you. Exactly. Which so later on, you go and somebody writes from the office of president say that it's a it's a cocktail of so untidy. So what are you doing with the? So what are you investigating? Uh-huh. <laughs> so 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 untidy. Uh huh. So and and on the matter of the special prosecutor, you see, you had sent an invitation to him. Yeah. Of course, the invitation was not made public to us much earlier. Yes. Right. Because the full terms of the investigation. Uh, what do you call the invitation we saw yesterday yes but we had been aware that he was supposed to appear at e- some point exactly and given the high profile nature of this matter mm-hmm. the controversy that it has it had courted mm-hmm. a more like the proper thing to have done mm-hmm. was to have briefed Ghanaians immediately after he left the office okay. that professor frempon boating came to the office we are investigating him in connection with A, B, C. Or he's even cooperating with the OSP. Exactly. We told him that he was under arrest. He appeared with a lawyer or he did not appear with a lawyer. He was subsequently bailed. And as and when necessary, we'll bring him back. But my question is, why, why should he even be arrested? Because I'm saying that, hmm. you see, we shouldn't act as if we are in an island. Hmm. I understand the October 10 letter hmm. that said that they are investigating issues around the expense of the IMSIM. Hmm. Pascal, I'm saying that that's the content. Mm-hmm. But the context is that a report has been leaked in March, yeah. which report has cast aspersions on a wide variety of people mm-hmm. or has, has raised allegations about the conduct of many people. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you are interviewing the man on May 16, you can't pretend as if you are the only person who is still dealing with your old October 10 notes. Mm-hmm. All of us now know what the man said in his report in March. Mm-hmm. So you cannot... You, 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 what, what, why are you arresting him? Okay. Where is he running to? <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? The man has come to you with his lawyer. Okay. The man has done the work for the government. He's not going anywhere. So what is the point of saying he's under arrest? Okay, so let me explain. When you are uh, to be questioned by an investigative body like the police or the special prosecutor who have arresting powers, as and when necessary, they trigger it. Now, it depends on the nature and scope of what they are investigating. There are times they will invite you just for you know, an interaction to help with a particular investigation. In that case, you are not under arrest. But there are times that maybe because of your conduct or a conduct related to you, they would invite you and say, we are inviting you. And when you get there, they tell you, as the mandate, touch him, because that's the law. You should touch him and inform him in a language that he understands. The constitution requires that. That A, you are under arrest. And then, so that every question that will be put to you, you are properly informed as to the nature of what's going on. So that tomorrow you cannot say that, oh, we were having a friendly conversation. You would now understand that, oh, I am here because I am being asked regarding my conduct in the excavators matter or some payments that had been allegedly made and all of that. So when you are talking, you have in mind the constitutional provision that says that, look, you have a right to silence. As and when yeah, but it? so you are saying that that's probably like a, a legal procedure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying that all that we do in governance, mm-hmm. the reason we don't do it in secret is that we are 
subject to public accountability. So we want the public to believe mm -hmm. that we are doing the right thing. So whether it's Shiraz or OSP, you are doing it on and on behalf of the people of Ghana as empowered by either the law that set you up or the constitution. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that if a man has released a report of this nature after you announced in October that... And my, but mind you, the man's report was done before you said you were doing your investigation. Yeah. And at the time, to be fair... But uh, the uh, Kisiye Jabin was not in office. I'm not even talking about Kisiye Jabin uh, anybody. I'm, I'm talking about an office. See, see, an office properly constituted investigating corruption around IMSIM, mm -hmm. which at least a year before mm -hmm. the announcement to the public were investigating, ought to know that, ought to have known that there is a report produced by the man. Okay, so I'm coming. Mm -hmm. So even if they, they are, see, so my point is that the, the, the man's work largely will form a lot of the basis of what you are investigating mm -hmm. because he gave us at least in the public domain mm -hmm. i don't know what osp knew before the report was given mm -hmm. he was the chairman of the committee for crying out loud mm -hmm. and he's put out a report that he sent to the chief of staff of all people mm -hmm. okay so i am saying that to the extent that he has come out to speak about this report mm -hmm. he hasn't denied that the report was sent to the chief of staff mm -hmm. he has big i in my view is a whistleblower Right, mm -hmm. so you don't you don't in your investigation that you, you you say you are doing from October, and we don't even know whether you knew the report was there before. Mm -hmm. Now tell me that he is under arrest because you are going to ask him some questions and he needs his lawyer and all that. I'm saying that look, in the mind of the public, and in in the mind of right thinking people who may not know the law, mm -hmm. this sounds like either the OSP lives in a different universe from the rest of us, mm -hmm. or he knows so much that all of us don't know. Mm -hmm. Or they are basically just trying to frustrate the man. That's how I see it. Okay. And I, I really need somebody to convince me that if you were managing this process, would you have managed it this way? No, certainly not. I, 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 what I, are you telling I would, me? I would, I would have done... Uh, what are you telling me? So now I should believe that you you arrested the man in good, in good faith as part of your procedures. Come on. You see, Please. The, the, Please. The, to, to be fair, uh, sometime on the 3rd of May, there was a formal complaint that was made to the OSP, at least regarding the report that came in from Professor Krempomboating. And Ghana Web has that story uh, published on the 3rd of May 2023. Special prosecutor petitioned mm. to investigate Krempomboating's Galamsey report. The first paragraph says, Strategic Thinkers Network Africa. Uh, Stradnik mm -hmm. Africa has petitioned the Office of the Special Prosecutor to investigate the contents of a 36-page uh, report by Professor Frempon Boating mm -hmm. on illegal small-scale mining. And then also much earlier, the NDC, uh, the opposition NDC, had said at various points that they were interested in filing a complaint at the Office of the Special Prosecutor. And then also Shiraj. I'm aware that the Honorable Dapamako um, for and on whose behalf yeah that's right um filed a complaint at <coughs> uh, the shiraj yeah. for appropriate investigation so mm. i do not know if they actually proceeded to file a complaint at the osp now we agree that the osp's handling of this matter hasn't been tidy um of course they did not publicly tell us that uh, you know they had written to him by reason yeah. of the letter that went to him. Uh, but again, given the profile of the matter we are talking about, the man involved, all the suspicions around it, I think it should have been properly handled. The yeah. way it was handled, with the greatest respect to the brilliant people who work there, I think yeah. they, they did not. So right now, 
the question we have is who else has been invited or will be invited because we right now three others have been questioned thus far uh, on the matter who are these people uh, we don't know that the identity of the i mean look at the number of names this guy the number of names in the report and you see, i keep going back to this that because you see the the osp is in a very important position and they, they you cannot tell me that they didn't know there was this report mm. you cannot tell me mm -hmm. because if you are investigating an imsim mm -hmm. that you announced in october and at least one year prior mm -hmm. a report of this size has been submitted to cabinet or to mm -hmm. the chief of staff mm -hmm. the, the the very subject you say you are you are going to investigate the man telling it has done a report that he has given to the chief of staff. So you ought to have known that that report existed. Yeah, you see, but let to be fair to the special prosecutor, a, a document submitted to the chief of staff can only come to the attention of the OSP if he was copied or the chief of staff referred the same No problem. To him. Why, if, okay, when you announced that you were doing investigation from October, mm. why did they have to wait till May to invite the man? October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, eight months. Mm -hmm. Sky, if you are, you say you are investigating, you are investigating issues around IMSIM. Mm -hmm. The man is the chairman of the IMSIM. Mm -hmm. And you express, an in, you say you are doing an investigation, you mention some of the things announced at found. Eight months. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, so isn't that like, what, what were they waiting for? Well, again, I don't know again, eight again months? Not, not to hold brief for them. Uh, it is it's normal that investigative institutions would do preliminary investigations okay as to understand whether it is even worth going into the matter in the first place okay so they will look for side you know uh, pieces of evidence collate all of them mm -hmm. before when they face you they, they know that they have you know some private facie basis to actually question you so while i will not say the reason why they may have done that but why do you announce i thought that would be done before you announce you see sky mm -hmm. you've told us in october 10th you go for it october 10th october yeah. 10th we are sorry i'm referring to documents based on their dates mm -hmm. the october 10th letter mm -hmm. that was sent to the public is very clear that there's something to investigate yeah so the the, the and that was announced mm -hmm. Yes, and so there's already a primary fascist case mm -hmm. that you are the reason you announced to us on October 10th, mm -hmm. you are not investigating that you already established that there's something to investigate. Mm -hmm. And the thing you say you are investigating includes the IMSIM. Mm -hmm. The IMSIMs are the center. Yeah. And I'm saying that so you, you announced in October you are doing an investigation of this size, mm -hmm. which means you already established a primary fascist case that something ought to be investigated. Yeah. Why do you wait till May to invite the man? I want to respond to something from the message, um, then I'll use that. Mm. Eric from Dansuman says mm -hmm. the OSP publishes half yearly reports. Mm -hmm. Are we saying they should brief the media every time they are interview arrest somebody? Is that how investigative bodies work around the world? The fact that he published a report does not mean he hasn't done anything wrong. I'll start from there. You see, there are major cases and there are minor cases. Mm. The I'll give a total example. Hajar for a real case. Mm -hmm. Do you know the number of people the US prosecutes <laughs> for things like that? Mm -hmm. Why do you think there's a particular statement on that in that case? And do the US publish half half year reports? You see, so there are major cases and there are minor cases. Mm -hmm. There are certain cases that you get regular updates on because of what they mean to the public. Mm -hmm. There are other cases that the public don't care and will wait for the quarterly reports or half yearly reports mm -hmm. that they will get. Point one. Mm -hmm. which is where this matter comes in. Mm -hmm. I am with you and Sky on the matter of, look, the OSP as an institution has its own procedures. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. What the OSP failed to acknowledge in this regard and must admit and improve going forward is that it deals with cases of different weights. Mm-hmm. The process that applies to Kusinya Aku <laughs> is not the same process that you apply in addressing the public on matters of Yaweji. <laughs> you understand? There's a reason why the Office of the Special Prosecutor deals with something. Corruption. Now, what is the measure of corruption? Perception. Mm. Thank you. Where does the perception come from? Public discourse. Public discourse. So, if in the carrying out of your role in dealing with corruption, you do not take into account how the public perceives what you are doing, I'm sorry, you can do the best of work. So far as you are not carrying the public perception along with you, you are not working. The work might be excellent, but the public has to believe that the work you are doing one is genuine, is honest, is thoroughly thought through, legal, and fits every bill there is. It is not a matter of the people who sit in the office of the special prosecutor alone to say that, well, one, when you come, standard procedure is that we we caution you and we bail you. Fine. Everybody knows that. Okay? So, you would have checked your good practice logbook. Mm -hmm. Everything is fine in there. But what you cannot do is fail to acknowledge that your office holds a duty of responsibility to the public who have significant interest in some of the cases, not all of the cases. The OSP in their quarterly reports, we read it, they are doing a lot of cases. 80%, I'm saying a lot of Ghanaians don't know jack about what they are doing. Exactly. But they know about three or four of those cases. Why? Because the the, the far-reaching nature, the people involved and the implications. Why? So, the OSP must acknowledge the fact that there are cases and then there are cases. This one is a case. Mm -hmm. It's a case born out of the fact that we are dealing with perhaps the single biggest national problem we have in this country. There is no way you can tell me that you are dealing with standard operating procedures under this measure. It does not exist for us. And even if you are, why don't you tell us what you did the day after? And you, you see? wait till. <laughs> so, in, in, in following their regular procedure, mm-hmm. what they have done is they have put themselves in a situation where they are going to struggle with perception yeah. problems. So, they are now going to be on the defensive. You are on the defensive. Yeah. No matter how much justification they put out, and it will be correct for them to say, why are you complaining? We have done the work by... The, the book. book. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, you failed one final check. Mm-hmm. Updating us at that time. Mm-hmm. You see, because now questions have arisen that you have to answer. That you necessarily would not have to answer. But those questions are important because you do not want public perception of your impartiality to change. The other thing is that almost every major thing we know about this, it has to be the prof who says it before official dumb response. I'll get to that. Okay, you do not want public pers- uh, perception of your partiality to change. Mm-hmm. So, in this particular matter of Professor Frimpong Boatin, I've been I've been educated by persons within the Office of the Special Prosecutor that what happened is standard procedure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have four press releases, and again, Eric, this one is for you. Mm-hmm. Why has the OSP issued four press releases between October and now on this matter? How many press releases has the OSP released on any other case that you've heard of? That means that even the OSP acknowledges 
that this particular matter requires that yes. he inform us. The OSP does not issue hourly press releases yeah. on every case and every person it interviews. No. Mm -hmm. But it's sought to inform the general public. Mm -hmm. Now, the OSP's failure to acknowledge the standing of Pesha Fripo and Boating mm -hmm. in their everyday interview. Now, on that day, perhaps they interviewed 25 people. Mm -hmm. How many of them were chairman of IMSA? Good question. How many of them were former ministers? How many of them would have the public stature Mm -hmm. of Professor Frimpo Mboating. Mm -hmm. So, if there has been an arrest, which is something you do every day, you must say that day that mm -hmm. we have interviewed ABCD on this day, born out of the fact that on that day you decided to carry out your normal process of arresting people who come in there for questioning and granting them bail. Professor Frimpo Mboating has fallen into that pit. Mm -hmm. Inform us. Simple. Yeah. Okay, because now what you've done is We'll ask you the question, who else have you arrested based on your procedure? Because your standard procedure, as you have told us, is that when people come in with their counsels, they are cautioned and then bailed, right? Apparently. Sky, Sky is saying that, yeah, yeah. because... So, because, yeah. So, okay. that is, so, every, so who else then? Yeah, okay. So they say three other people. Don't they have names? <laughs> okay, but I cannot answer. You understand? So that is the problem they've created them for themselves. Well, if it's three, if, oh. if it's like three security men working in some mining company, <laughs> yeah, you say you are, it's like you know. This is like, for me. I, you see, I don't know what we are trying to achieve here. I, I the cat is already out of the bag. So, so this is not the time to be doing. You, you can be sitting on your SOP and you just sit with it for the rest of your life. The truth is that there's already a deficit of trust mm -hmm. for officialdom from mm -hmm. the government to every institution of state. That is managing this process. Yeah. All right. You can't decide so, what to care so about. So this is it. not the time to be telling us like thoughts, thoughts that oh, you've arrested three other people. When did they arrest them? Oh, then you give us that information. What is their name? Then you tell us. You can keep the information. Better. But the truth mm -hmm. is that, for me, Frimpong Boating, until he's proven guilty, is the hero in all of this. And you are not going to change my mind by telling me you've arrested him. Oh, you, you will not. <laughs> no, I mean, that one there is clear. I, he has come out to say what was there. Everybody else who was there and the thing was not working decided to keep quiet. He's the one who came out to say it. And the reason we are all hungry and shouting is because of what he did. Yeah, if he didn't do that, we will not be here today. He... I'm not saying that he hasn't done anything wrong. Uh -huh. I have investigated him. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that in the public discourse we are having today, mm -hmm. the report that has been attributed to him, we've all read it. We've mm -hmm. seen what was there. A lot of people were supposed to be part of the IMSIM. Not one of them has come out to say anything apart from saying that Trimbombo is lying and all those things. Mm -hmm. So my point is that we who say we want democracy to work and we want good governance, we should be pushing for official bodies to be more transparent in what they do and to be more consistent let, let, let me let me oh. let me let me just uh, take you to the ally that deals with um what do you call it how the special prosecutor does his work um so if you go to the ally mm -hmm. um it is let me just mention so this is ally 2374 uh -huh. office of the special prosecutor operations regulations of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, it deals with the complaints, how the investigations commence, prosecution, a seizure, um, you know, freezing, a confiscation, management of seized frozen, and, and, and on and on and on and on. But but the the relevant portion that I just want to read for our education, so that uh, people, as I was saying earlier, preliminary investigations, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, if you go to that relevant section. Uh, one says that where the special prosecutor considers a complaint lodged with the office and determines that the complaint is within the mandate of the office. Because he asked a question earlier, why it took too long a time 
for them to respond and blah, blah, that determination blah. perhaps had not been made. Yeah, that's right. For, for you know, the special prosecutor or an authorized officer shall assign the complaint mm -hmm. to a control file or a zero file, which shall serve as a repository for complaints of a similar uh, nature, which are received and not assigned for immediate investigation, but are indexed and sa uh, saved for future retrieval. Now it goes on to say, B says for a preliminary inquiry or investigation involving some measure review, contact, or observation activities in response to the complaint indicating the possibility of the commission of corruption or a corruption-related offense for the purpose of detecting or preventing the commission of corruption or a corruption-related offense. He says, for a full, a full investigation where the facts and circumstances reasonably indicate that an investigation may be conducted to prevent, solve, or prosecute prosecution uh, corruption or a corruption-related offense. Then um, section two of that um, regulation says that, well, regulation uh, two says that, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, a preliminary inquiry or investigation under paragraph B of sub-regulation one um, shall be conducted you know, with as little intrusion into the privacy of individuals as the need of the situation permits mm. and shall be terminated when it becomes apparent that a full investigation is not necessary. And three mm. says, the office may, in the course of a preliminary inquiry or investigation or a full investigation, A, Request the services of an officer of a public or private institution. B, request the so services... let me ask you, where we are now, are they doing a full investigation or a preliminary investigation? Uh, so it would seem that this is a full investigation they are doing. I mean, I, I do not know the facts. I, I think I when you, you should read the October 10 press release. That will let us know because that was the first announcement about this. Mm -hmm. And that announcement should be clear whether it is preliminary or full. Let me read uh, Regulation 6 so then you would understand whether it's full regulation, uh, investigation or not. Um, Subregulation 1 of 6 says that the office may generally initiate an investigation into corruption or a corruption-related offense when facts or circumstances reasonably indicate that an investigation may be conducted to prevent or prosecute corruption or a corruption-related offense. Where the office decides to initiate a full investigation under Subregulation 1, the office shall invite for an interview A. The complainant where necessary B. A representative body, uh, a representative of the body, organization, or person against whom the complaint is. So it's probably full. Yeah. So, so, so you can yeah. say it's a full investigation. Yeah, that's right. On, on, Wonderful. On, on the facts. We will leave it here. I'll take your final thoughts. I have to move to my but next. But I think it's important yeah. that the OSP calls a press conference or issues a statement to fill the, the gaps. Because, look, I have always said that I do not think we needed this office, but it's been set up regardless. So for us to retain public trust in it, we must be seen to be doing things about board. Yep. We must always dot all the I's and also cross all the T's. Because it looks like they to their own trial. Uh -huh. because it's, not the, only, it's not only the Imsim people. Yeah, yeah that's right. So it's, it's, they are also on trial. It's, so it's, I think it's, it's a word to the wise. They have been doing a great job thus far, but you know, this one... Somebody has a message. Perhaps you, have to, you can spend 30 seconds on it. Neil Latif and he says he doesn't agree that... Uh, perception is important when it is the law that fights corruption. Yo. Uh, he says, are we fighting corruption with status now? 
With what? <laughs> I don't even understand the message, but his problem is the fact that he thinks that the law handles corruption. And so possession doesn't matter. He's entitled to his views. <laughs> Five minutes past nine. I'm going to take you next to our City Business Festival on a series. And I will be talking to my guests after this break. We are lo- looking at the uh, financing, the digital economy. When we come back, we'll wrap up with other issues. Don't forget the City Business Festival is brought to us by City FM City TV in partnership with APSA with sponsorship from MTN Business, MTN Mobile Money, as well as ZPay with support from Gersal. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Business Festival on a series. Our first week is focused on the digital economy. And this morning, we'll be getting the insights from one of our sponsoring organizations and how they relate to the digital economy. So my guest is the head of payments and digital commercialization at APSA, Claude Ajina Samwa. And he's here with uh, Henry uh, Horatio Nidodu who's the head of digital and emerging payments within that unit. Gentlemen, you are welcome to the City Business Festival. Thank you very much, Bernard. Wonderful. Uh, Horashi, we had you on, on the panel on Tuesday. So today we allow you to rest a bit. <laughs> but it's good to have you. Good morning. Now, t- today what I want to do is to understand what you do, but also get a sense of the money aspect of all of this, right? So yes, in a sense, we'll talk about payments, but also we're talking about digital economy, platform storage, but we need money to, to push that. So we'll also discuss a bit about financing fintechs and tech startups but let's start with you claude you're the head of payments and digital commercialization at apsa what does that mean thank you bernard so simply my job is to ensure that i'm providing payments and digital solutions to our customers Mm -hmm. at apsa our purpose is to ensure that we are empowering africa's tomorrow together what that means is that it's imperative that we build our business clients, help them expand and grow at scale, whilst empowering them during their decision-making process. For the retail customer, the purpose is to ensure that we are giving them the ease of banking, of transacting, pulling them away from the manual processes and pulling them away from entering the fiscal branches. Hence, I can just say in summary, my role is to ensure that I'm providing convenience, security, speed, and the flexibility of banking and transacting at the comfort of your home, office or wherever you find yourself i notice you separate this from the consumers or the like sort of the customers and then like the corporate business partners can you elaborate a bit so you're saying that for me who's a customer of the bank what you do is to make me get access to all i need actually coming to the branch exactly bernard so today the, the branch is your phone you do not need to walk into any of our branches to execute or effect any transaction you can apply for fixed deposits or any of our investment bills on our platforms. You can open an account on your phone. 
you can apply for um, a foreign transfer or effect a foreign transfer on your phone. So you can do all these transactions that hitherto you have done in the branch on the mobile app. So the bank is no longer a place you go to, but a thing you do. So, exactly. So it's not. I'm not. So you can't say I'm going to the bank. No. The bank is coming to you. Exactly. But do customers understand this? Particularly because you are a legacy bank. You've been here for many, many years. I still know people who want to talk to somebody. They they want to see Claude, yeah. because when their grandmother came to the bank, Claude's grandfather was the guy they met. So mm. people are very comfortable mm. with, especially with the legacy banks. Mm. How are you convincing your clients, customers that look? Yes, we are here for you, but we don't need to really see you. Mm. Or you don't need to see us. Mm. You will still be fine. I think there's a mindset issue there, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So that talks to the whole commercialization bit of, of the job. Um, right from the point where we deploy solutions, the next level is how are we then creating the awareness? Okay, and in creating the awareness, there are a number of things that we look at because it's a whole marketing activity. The first thing is the step-by-step process in um, whatever solution has been rolled out. However, in as much as we are doing this, we try to ensure that the self-service part of whichever solution has been rolled out is effective. We try to create that user experience, make it friendly, simple, and easy to use so that customers don't even struggle while going on these platforms. The next thing is we walk you through. We have processes. We have methods that we can walk you through. This is done via emailers, SMS, and some DIY videos, do-it-yourself videos, where you can also watch and get to understand and and effect the transactions or enjoy these solutions. Again, what we do is we handhold some of these customers, especially our relationship-managed customers, in the affluent space where we walk them through the journey, help them to be able to um, get to use these platforms better. So all in all, we come to your 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 space, we come into your home, we come into your, your office, letting you understand that you do not need to come into the banking hall like you used to. You do not need to come and see that Bernard, that Claude that you used to know. Today, you can easily do that from your home. And we have a contact center that runs 24-7. So any time that you face any challenge, you can easily reach out to them mm. and they can also assist you. But internally as an organization, how do you t- treat digital? Is it replacing people as well? Because I know, for example, you guys now use AI. I know you have chatbots and things like this. So is your role also to think about how within the organization you can optimize the process so that you don't need 50 people trying to deal with client one check or whatever process you do so just talk to me a bit about how what this means for the, within the organizations operations as well great so i, I think is a the two-pronged approach so one is the cost optimization which is basically what you've touched on yes we are going on this journey to ensure that we are optimizing costs. We are reducing our cost to save. And then the other angle is to generate revenue. However, people are not going to lose their jobs. So what we've encouraged now is all colleagues should increase their capacity, begin to learn new things. They need to equip themselves with the new trends. So they are going to move into these spaces. AI is coming up. Now we are, com- we are expanding our digital business. People can pick up new roles in those, in those units and departments. So they won't lose jobs. Greater opportunities are coming, and they can all take a part of it, take advantage of this. Just the next leg of what you do, the payments. I hear a lot about payments these days. How imp- important is the payment function in an economy 
because I'm seeing whole businesses built around payments, which I find quite fascinating. <laughs> so is there something that we don't know when we say payments, what are we talking about, and why is it so important these days? Thanks, Bernard. So simply, we have Danished, and this time we exchange them via online, digital, virtual, whichever means. Okay, and that is where payments come in because we are taking out the cash and we are using another enabler channel. So if we talk about payments, we simply want to say Bernard has his simple shop on, 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 on the website, e-commerce business, and Claude wants to buy some kente. So Claude goes in there and then effects the payment and Bernard hands over the kente to Claude. Simply that. That's simply the payment. There are various channels. There are various ways of doing this. Uh, you can do this via Momo. You can do this via cards. You can do this via... Um, transfers, whichever means that you want to um, undertake or execute your business, that is available to you. Because traditionally, in the example you gave, Bernard wants to buy something, a kente material from your shop. Yeah. He walks to his branch of APSA. Good. And he goes to sign a check. Good. And they give him the money. He puts the money in his pocket, takes a trotter and goes to that shop. the shop to buy what he buys. You're basically saying that whole thing has changed. Yeah. He doesn't have to go to the shop. No. He doesn't have to go to the bank. No. But what he uses to pay for the kente is still money. Exactly. It's, 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 it's money, but this time it's electronic. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't even need paper. He doesn't need paper. Paper is becoming extinct gradually. So, so he doesn't go to the shop, but no. he sees the product. Yes. He doesn't go to the bank, but he gets access to money in his wallet. Correct. And the wallet is not in his pocket. No. It's on his phone. Yes. He sends the money to Claude. Yes. Claude received the money, but there's no paper exchanged. No. <laughs> so, so the companies that facilitate all of this are the payment ecosystem companies. Correct. So elaborate. So because I know there are so many types, right? So yeah. there's you guys who have the real money. Yeah. There's the Momo guys. So if the money is in the form of Momo, which is all of a translation of my CDs yeah. into that. Yeah. But it's also a company that's making the money move. Mm. All right, mm. and there's another company that's helping the guy receive it, yeah, and probably put it in a place that comes back to you, yeah, <laughs> like this, this, yeah. the whole ecosystem. Yeah, I break that down. <laughs> okay, that down. all right. So let me let me take it step by step. So yeah. today, I'll start internally. So today, yes. APSA has a, a customer, a business, a business customer. Okay, that business customer has, let's say, let me use a post term now. Mm -hmm. So Bernard can walk into. Bernard and Co. Company that mm -hmm. sells Kinte, mm -hmm. and they tell Claude that the price is thousand CDs, and Claude can pay with his card via the terminal. That's one place. So this money comes directly into the merchant's account that probably sits with us. So I have a card. You have a card. So that card I can either insert or tap. Exactly. And it draws the money. Correct. That's point one. That's point one. Mm -hmm. Point two. Bernard has a website. Mm -hmm. And on the website, he's running an e-commerce business. Selling different things online. Selling different Displaying things. Displaying them. Exactly. Shoes, money, bags, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Claude goes on to that site mm -hmm. and he wants to buy a shirt or a locally made shoe by Bernard's company. Yes. So Claude picks the shoe and Bernard says that is 500 CDs. Then he goes to the checkout. Yes. He goes to an order form. Yes. So there's an order form. Summarizes what I've bought. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And then I input my details there. Yes. So I bought one shoe. I, this is the amount. Um, I want to deliver the tax, here, everything. everything in there. And then I click. Once I do that, the money moves. In this instance, it can be two ways. So before, when you click on the order form, it takes you to the payment type. Good. So either Momo 
or bank card very good. or some wallet of zipi or something very good uh-huh. very good so at that point you then choose where the money is stored so is the money stored in your account is the money stored in your mobile wallet or is the money stored in some other wallet in some other wallet you choose it so let's assume it's in the bank and it's on my card then i put my card details and then i go very good if the money is momo it takes me to my momo very good then if the money is in a wallet of any of these companies anybody maybe it's gonna pay then you know, it we takes have the, me there exactly it, it could even be gift something could, exactly wow so then the technology behind all of that there are companies that make that happen exactly interesting now what about the guy who's selling so yes i'm the one buying so the guy who's selling also has to have a way in which he can make all these possible payments available on his site correct and then link all these monies to his main account correct so whether i pay with momo my card, card or that whichever wallet, wallet it will go to his absa account in his house or wherever or whichever nominated so account. account he wants yes so he can even create a separate account for he it. can create a separate account he's so what advantage mandated. does this give over the traditional thing because in the traditional i know who you are i give you the money i saw your face <laughs> all right so i go online i do the payment and then it says it goes through maybe internet was not working or i did it and for some reason i missed some number do you get me? So you, mm-hmm. you need to explain to me that this is an advantage. I know it's convenient. I don't want to, I don't want to see the traffic. Yeah. I don't want to come to your shop in Abu Brusi. Yeah. But I still want the shoe. Yeah. So can you compare and contrast the advantage and disadvantage of this system you have created with your partners yeah. as against Bernard coming to your shop and giving fiscal money and saying, if you, if, you, if you tell me you don't have the money, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know? Okay, so Bernard, let's look at it from this way. So first and foremost, let's look at it from the cost to save. Yes. Okay, today, Bernard does not need to go and rent a shop. And have to pay rent, pay utilities, maintain the shop. All that money, Bernard is going to save them. Because Bernard just needs to have a small room in his house or in his car. And all the goods are in there. Some people even act as brokers. The, 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 where, the wares are in a, a warehouse somewhere, stored somewhere. So once you choose them, he goes to get them. So cost to save is one advantage. The second thing is the reach. If you have your shop at Agubushi today, until Bernard walks in there, he doesn't know that you have this product or that product. But online... You can imagine the reach, the number of people. That so the whole country, the whole world, see, the whole world can see in my shop. Yes, that's amazing. Exactly. So the reach again is amazing. You get to maximize the opportunity that that sits in, in that space. Again, let's talk about the speed. Okay. So I see it. I can have it now. So then somebody will get the delivery to send it to me. Immediately, I make the payment quickly. Good quickly mm. compared to picking a car going to tesano going you are to not even productive you spend the whole day time. just going to buy you only shoe. have one hour lunch or something Meanwhile, they can bring the shoe to your house and your security man will sign very, and then you pick it when you get back home very easy mm. very easy mm. you know mm. and, and then again for the merchant he should look at things like theft mm. which 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 again can happen because you're collecting cash a lot of cash people mm. can there's a cost to it as well so the risk and the cost associated and it's even, even tracking his expenses exactly. then if he wants to process so, like, if he has 200 sales in a month, I'm sure there's a platform you can go to where he can now know that 60% of my buyers are from Kumasi, 40% are aged below 30. Exactly. He may not be able to do that if he sits in his office because he may not even know who the guy is. Exactly. But because of the data system that he has. Exactly. So, now so he generates more intelligence about his business. Exactly. So, you've touched on, I was just coming to data, data mm. and insights, which, mm. which again, is, is the new oil. Mm. Because that points to a lot of things. And you can have predictive models to tell the next best product for these customers. Because you know them. You know their behavioral patterns. You know how they are, they are, they are transacting. And so you can tell which products, which solutions to offer to these people. So if Dibena comes to your site 
four times a year. You can analyze Bernard and say the first time he came, he bought a belt. Yeah. Second time he bought a wallet. Yeah. And then he bought a shoe. Yeah. Then he bought a belt again. Yeah. So it tells you that maybe he cycles for buying belts is every six months. Every six so months. So he probably want to come exactly. So that you not even know if you don't have that type of No, no. That and maybe Bernard likes pink belts yes. or green belts. Yes. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So the yeah. analytics that you generate from just the business transaction becomes another level of improving the customer experience. Taking you straight to the next level. Taking you straight to the guy who is physically sitting there and waiting and saying, I'm scared, frosters can, can get into my space, hackers, scammers. Mm -hmm. This actually eliminates all that. Wow. We're talking to the um, head of payments and digital commercialization at APSA, uh, Claude Ajin Asamoah. Indeed, indeed, the interview is really about the digital economy but his angle is the payments and digital commercialization I'm, I'm really trying to just understand how payments work from a back-end perspective and he's really giving us insights um, we'll come back and delve into some other issues so it seems as if again I made this point to Benedict yesterday on the on the on the on the side of technology and on the side of the technology guys we are doing a lot but in terms of the vendors and those who actually sell, wanting to now use all these tools, we seem to have a problem. So I'll, I'll deal with that when we come back. And then also um, some possible future trends, what, where he sees the sector going. And then also financing. A lot of listeners will say, look, I'm starting my fintech. I need money. Is there money to, to, to promote these types of things? All of that when we come back. Stay with us. The biggest business festival in Ghana is on. Mark your calendars this June as we bring you the City Business Festival 2023. The running theme for this year's festival is Make It Ghana. It's going to be a month-long conversation on how to grow, improve, and expand your business with seasoned industry experts. Join the weekly business forum every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on City TV for discussions on various thematic areas each week, beginning with... Week one, reimagining the digital economy. Week two, building resilient SME brands. Week three, the changing phase of the Ghanaian retail market. And week four, understanding and leveraging agribusiness value chains. Also, tune in every weekday at 9.05 a.m. for the City Business Festival on Air Series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart and strengthen your business. There will be a lesson for every business on the City Business Festival 2023 this June. Only on City TV, 97.3 City FM, citybusinessnews.com, and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival 2023 is powered by City TV and City FM and is proudly sponsored by MTN.
is this is the City Business Festival today. We're speaking to the head of payments and digital commercialization at APSA, Claude Ajin Asamoah, and our discussion is around the digital economy broadly, payments specifically, and also financing of same. So, Claude, you've said a lot about the payments. I think I get it. You've explained digital commercialization. I get it. But why is a bank like APSA even interested in the digital economy? Thank you, Bernard. Bernard, today, digital is the way to go. You cannot keep maximizing the opportunity out there through your physical structures. That would not work. How many salespeople are you going to get to enter all the areas in, in Ghana and even globally? Your reach will be limited. So it's imperative that as a business, we begin to structure or restructure our models to play in this space and play more aggressively. Internally, some of the things that we've done is to ensure that we are equipping our guys, increasing the capability and capacity of our people. Again, when you look at our, our digital bouquet, products and services that we offer, it should tell you that as a business, we are very serious in that sphere. Again, we are partnering people like MEST to be able to help the youth play some role in the community. We are equipping them with skills, changing the mindset, and bringing up these new entrepreneurs who are also going to help develop this digital agenda. Lastly, from a financial part, which the bank comes in, the money part, we're also trying to ensure that we are financing all these new businesses, startups, fintechs, uh, women in businesses, agribusinesses, the youth to ensure that they can now pick up their businesses and take to the next level. So it's a key for us, and that's why we are playing in this space actively. Generally, when you look at technology companies in the, the global south, apart from the big, big ones, a lot of the good ones start as startups. Three or four people leave university, come together. Inevitably, after putting their, their monies together, they would need proper financing. We tend to typically see money coming in from venture capital. We tend to see money coming in from private equity, mostly from the U.S. and Europe and maybe other parts of the world. The, the monies we have here doesn't seem ready to support these types of technology ventures. Now, I may be wrong, but that's my observation. I want you to comment on that and also how institutions like yours can begin to be more amenable to financing this type of startups because we notice that they, a lot of them tend to do well. Yes, some do fail, but some of the companies we celebrate today started like startups, right? Start with their own money. Somebody from U.S. will come in and say, we are going to give you, as a, come in as an equity partner. We bring in X amount. Gradually, they become very big. You don't typically see a bank, you know, a bank will give you a loan to go and bring goods from Turkey and come and sell. Mm -hmm. But I want to start a company in my boots. Nah, they're not interested. <laughs> so let, let's talk about that. <laughs> Thank you, Bernard. So, like I said, the purpose of APSA today is to empower Africa's tomorrow together, which means that we want to work with everybody, every customer, and how we can take it to the next level. So currently, when you look uh, across one of the propositions we have in our SME space, we are actually offering this highly subsidized interest rates at 10%. And this is meant to support businesses like the fintechs that you talk about and young businesses like the youth, whichever businesses that you want to get into. Um, we want to help them. So we've subsidized our rates. Ordinarily, they would have been trending around 20-something percent. But we say, no, come and take it at 10%. We want to help you with that. Again, as a startup company, 
when you come and open an account with us, we take you through a number of training. We put you in forums. We connect you with other bigger players so that you're able to learn the skills, the tenets of which business structures, acquisitions that you need to do. And then that will take you to the next level. So this is something that we play. Uh, we, we help these um, young businesses as well to get them to the next level. Again, we try to partner fintechs like the very big ones, Haptel, the Paystacks, again, to be able to support some of these younger ones. They sort of leverage, run on their rails to be able to grow. And then when they get to their level that they can break off, they also stand alone. So these are some of the things that from our end as a business. Um, so on the training side, I see it as you're saying, look, the risk in this sector is large. We are going to help de-risk it by holding the hands of the companies to, to get some basics and also linking them to other people. So it's almost like you're taking on, on taking upon yourself to train your client. Yeah. And I noticed you do some ready-to-work things and all the exactly. rest. So is that, is that all part of the strategy? All, so you're all, spending money to do that because ex- you want to be able to learn to them. Exactly. Build their capacity. And then we can learn to them. So you are no longer complaining that they are not ready to be. They are not credit ready. We moved away now from you that. Now you are saying, no problem. Let's we are happy together. to work with you. Come, From the beginning to the end. Come, let's go on the journey together. It's a whole life cycle. We believe that there are greater pot- potentials. Come, let's work together. Let's go on that journey. We'll would support you on the way. That's it. But let's talk about the come the companies you mentioned. So, you guys have been in this business for a long time. You mentioned. Just give me some of the partners you have. It just gives me a, a, because you're one of the biggest banks in the country, yeah. right? And a lot of these companies, what we've done in Ghana, which is good is that all these people work with partner banks. Yeah. So when you are given an e, even an e-money license, you need a partner bank. Correct. So our system is very clear. The Correct. bank is like the, the, the headquarters. Yeah. Because you have the structures, you have the legacy systems, you have the IFRS and all these things. Correct. So talk to me about how that has helped to grow these payment platforms and the ones that you can say you are confident are on track. Great. So I think one of one of the great partnerships we have is with Visa. It's a scheme called Visa. Visa has been very instrumental in 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 us growing our card business and on the e-commerce side as well. On the e-commerce side, they have what we call the cyber source. So a partner like Visa, great partnership. We've had great achievements with them. We've grown businesses. We've been able to meet the needs of customers with that partnership. Again, with the telcos, MTN, Vodafone. Airtel Tigo, we have a great partnership with them. This actually covers or expands our reach, looking at access, financial inclusion. We leverage on the telcos to be able to drive home that agenda. Again, with MES, like I said, in, in touching the youth, changing the mindset, training, equipping these people, MES has also been a very great partner. And we have other ones like um, Jumo. Jumo is also coming where we are also lending to this um, sort of a micro-lending proposition where the ordinary people can come and take loans with us. APSA is behind and financing this. And then we have other big fintechs like Haptel, we have Paystack, we have ExpressPay, who we also use our platforms to enable their payments and they can route it to us. So these are some great partners that APSA has been working with. Mobile money disrupted banking. But it seems as if the banks in Ghana did not fall on the side. They sort of, they woke up, smelled the coffee and said, let's get on with it. And I can see, for example, when I when I speak to people in APSA maybe 15 years, 20 years ago, your role was not as important. But now you are one of the most important people. A lot of techies work for banks. Just talk to me about how your bank and other banks 
initially saw the Momo in- incursion and how you responded. Thank you, Bernard. So, um, yes, yeah, you're spot on with that. We woke up one morning and we noticed that a lot of our deposits were actually going out, sitting on wallets, sitting in the telco space. And obviously, whichever partner banks they had contracted were enjoying those benefits. Again, we noticed that transactions were happening more in that sector than us. So we quickly had to plug in. So we quickly had to go and then sign up some contracts, some deals to be able to what, hold these deposits. So these deposits do not necessarily sit in individual accounts, but we hold them as e-value. But again, it gave us um, a pipeline for leads because then again, for some of these customers, we are able to cross-sell our solutions and they become our customers. From the payment side, we've worked together with them. So you have solutions such as bank to wallet, which means that Bernard has an account with with uh, APSA, and he wants to send money to Horatio's wallet, he can easily do that because of this great partnerships, interoperability, things that we've put together. So some these are some of the things that have benefited us from the partnerships that we've created. I've always wondered the bank to wallet, which, which happens more. Do more people withdraw to wallet <laughs> or pay? Because I do both, actually. So if I have a, a, if I have a loose cash that I pay to my momo, mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to the bank. I won't go to the bank. I'll pay into my momo and then pay to the bank. Yeah. And then if I also want to withdraw, I would do same. Yeah. So for me, it's a bit of 50-50. Yeah. But I, I don't know whether that... It's a good solution for a customer. Yeah. It's a good solution for a bank. <laughs> because some people say that... So for example, if Desmond, who's my technician, says, Charlie, Aloski, I need 50 Ghana to do something. I look in my physical wallet. I don't have 50 Ghana. So Desmond, sorry, I don't get money. <laughs> But now, if this month, say, Charlie, I lost 50 Ghana, you I can't say I don't have money because if I even look in my pocket and I don't have money, go when I go on my <laughs> moment, there's no money there. My bank account is still there. Say, oh, yeah. Charlie, pull money. Yeah. So it seems to me as if <laughs> redrawals may be more than deposits. And because the telcos also sort of are, are, are cash rich, yeah. they may keep the deposits. Uh, I don't, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, people would use the bank toilet to remove their money. Yes. But... When you go and pay into your momo, it's not like they don't want to give it back to the bank because, yeah. like, the bank is long. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what, what you guys are. are. Yeah. yeah, so, so, Bernard, it, it's a fine balance between, I mean, the, the bank and the wallet. Okay, yes, you might see maybe about a maybe about a 60 40, you have more people moving from the bank to wallet, and then the reverse, maybe about 40 percent doing the wallet to bank. So, it's about maybe a 60 40 between the two splits, but. There are some things that we also do to sort of um, mitigate or minimize that capital flight, okay? Some of these things are like the transactional limits and and then some of the the, the charges in there. So we need to sort of uh, manage... But would you say generally that has Momo increased the liquidity and the deposit rate for the banks? Can you put hand on hand and say, look, Momo has helped more money come in because somebody may have been keeping money home, but because of Momo... Right now, they are in the system as against under their pillow. Correct. 100%. I agree. That's the situation. Wow. So we need to thank the mobile guys. Let's end with my question around getting... So I'll give you another example. So one of my friends, Godfrey, he keeps telling me, he lives in Kenya. He lived in Kenya for a while. He says in Kenya, when I go to Kenya, I don't need fiscal cash. And I don't need to do cash out. So when I go, whatever I need to do, there's somebody who receives the payment within the system. So he can just go with his phone and do everything. He says, when I come to Ghana, I have money in my momo. But most people are doing cash out. They're going to buy a Kagari with the cash. He's going to buy 
barber shop mm. with the cash. He says, when I go to my barber, I don't need to move money. Mm. But I'm going to remove the money. Mm. When I want to go, so it's, it's that in some economies, and he uses Kenya as an example. Yeah. They've created a system where everything is moving within the system. Yeah. But you go to Ghana, people are queuing at the moment vendor because they want to remove 200 to go and buy gobe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you think about that and what we need to do to to create, I, I don't know, as an economist guy, I'll call it the demand side, where there's more people who say, look, you can pay me with it without me having to collect money and give to them. It seems as if we have a problem on the, on the maybe you can call it supply side, depending on how you see it. Yeah. But there's obviously a missing link there. Yeah. If you get my point, if you can, you, yeah. you can, you can give me your thoughts on that. Yeah. So Bernard, you're right. So I think it's, it's how we are building the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Okay. So today, Bernard wants to buy Kinti with the example I use. Yeah. So he walks into, goes on, goes online and pays for it. The Kinti seller, or that merchant needs to go and pay, let's say, the one who provided her with the threads. She should be able to transfer that money to that person. That person also wants to go and pay the one who sold the cotton to him. He should be able to pay. So we need to build the ecosystem. That, that whole value chain must be built, mm. you know, where everybody is, is enclosed in it. We are not breaking at the point to take money to go and pay. No, we need to do that. Again, I think we need to, so for the, for the customer, are we creating the right access? Is there, is, there, is there enough access to pay? So with the example you gave with Godfrey, today you can go to the barbershop, they don't have any payment channel there. Why? So we should create the access. We should be able to get into all these spaces and create that and make them more cheaper for the guy. So like the barber, what's his problem? Is it that it's expensive? How can we make it cheaper? How can we give him, today we are coming out with a, a solution called a soft pause. So you don't even need to get a terminal. We can mm. just put a soft post, which is a phone. Wow. I get there and I can just tap on your phone and I've paid. You know, so we need to look at some of these. We have a USSD solution. We have a, a um, what's the other one? We have what we call the push link. It's a payment link. So we, you can easily go on the person's Instagram account or Facebook wow. or WhatsApp and would push a link to you. And you can easily just go there and pay. So we need to try and create enough access. But on the access is, is, is the infrastructure. Because again, if I come in and I want to pay, and you don't have good connectivity, you don't have stability, then it means that obviously I'll lose trust in it because at the time when I wanted to pay, your system was down. You had downtimes and everything. So we need to also look at that. Again, we also need some support from the government. We need to have some policy, some, some policy refresh, some policy direction. You know, we need to put in place a framework that would also get more people to accept these payment solutions than the cash. You know, you want to pay for your passport, you want to go and renew your, your license, you want... We need to put in place these solutions and cut out all the cash-accepting um, channels that we have there. Final question is just about the future. What do you see? We are in an era of AI, chat GPT, and all of this. <laughs> As somebody who is a technology guy in a finance institution, which self is interesting because now I, I insist that the, the techies are becoming more important in the finance function. So like 20 years ago, you just needed hardcore finance to work yeah. in a bank. But now, Charlie, engineers, software developers, programmers, like I even see probably in the next decade, most bank managers, the MDs of banks will have to be technology people. Yeah. Because the finance is there, yeah. but the technology is where the future is. Yeah. How do you see the future in this sector and what, what are your final thoughts? A number of things are going to change. Today, when Bernard wants a loan, he probably has to walk in and say, oh, can you give me a loan? Things like that are going to change. We are going to leverage AI, which is going to pick insights from, from your activities, from your behaviors, and using the data that we have, we can then predict 
your your next solution for you okay we are going to have personalized banking so when you go on your app we can say oh bernard you qualify for a credit card just tap on it and your credit card is delivered to you bernard you qualify for a loan just tap on it and it comes to you so we're going to have more personalized offerings more personalized banking we're going to leverage a loan artificial intelligence to drive home a lot of uh, high cost generate more revenues for us we are going to change our product types we have virtual cards today we are we are actually printing physical plastic cards. We're going to change all that. We're going to move into virtual cards. We're going to move into um, phone as your payment tools, where you just tap with your phone. You don't need to go and pick a card or go into some momo. No, once I get to the place, I tap with my phone, I'm gone. So these are some of the things we are going to get into. Yeah, Things are going to get better. Exactly. And we'll all benefit. Definitely. Amazing stuff. I've been talking to the head of payments and digital commercialization at APSA, Claude Ajin Asamoah. He came through with the Horatio Nidodu, who was basically just giving us moral support. <laughs> Thank you, Horatio. Do you, do you want to say anything before you go? Because you still spoke a lot uh, um, today, so I, I didn't want to ask you any question. But any, any, any final thoughts from you, Horatio, on what we've been discussing? I think the future is exciting, and we should all be ready for it. Amazing stuff. Don't forget that the Business Festival is brought to you by CTTV, CTFM, in partnership with APSA, sponsored by MTN Business and MTN Mobile Money, as well as CPay and PSA. We'll be with you next time. The City Breakfast Show. This is the, the City Breakfast Show. So it's uh, 9.47 on the City Breakfast Show. That was Claude Ajin Amponsa speaking to me on the business festival. On Fridays, we do something different. Friday, we talk about your personal finance. I'll be speaking to Lichi Shohini on the business edition <laughs> to talk about money. Next week, we'll go into SMEs and how to support them. But if you're looking for a snack on the go, look no further than M Foods. They bring you the Webby Baked Crunchy Biscuits. Your much-loved Webby Biscuits is all you need to complement your snacking options, both at home or at work. It can be served at corporate events, funerals, parties, and children's snacks, both at home and at school. It's crunchy, it's tasty, and it's affordable. Don't say biscuits, say Webby. Webby Biscuits available in all leading shops and supermarkets across Ghana. For bulk purchase, contact M Foods. M4 Foods Limited on 053-100-3892. That's 053-100-3892 or call 0266-830003. Now, Sky, when was the last time you heard of 10% interest rate, collateral free loan, and 1 million CDs in the same sentence? Never. Well, if you're a female entrepreneur or a young business owner or you're into agribusiness or fintech, We've got great news for you. In collaboration with the MasterCard Foundation, APSA is offering SME loans at only 10% per annum to help you move your business to the next level. Get a collateral free loan of up to a million Ghana cities from APSA now to grow your business. Visit APSA SME Project Office at Region Accra, the nearest APSA branch, or go to apsa.com.gh to find out more. That's Africana City. That's APSA. Standard Water is available with over five, 25 years of experience in the industry, providing quality and refreshing water to quench your thirst. 
This water brand is available in all the regions of Ghana. We are still expanding every year to cover the rest of the country. Standard water is available for purchase from supermarkets, retail shops, and sales delivery trucks. For more information, call 0202-055703 or 0547334385. Now you're getting good insights from your data for decision-making. Join the data analytics revolution and empower your team to work smart, save time, and deliver insights from data using the world's most powerful business tools, Microsoft Excel and Power BI. You can talk to Finex Skills Hub. They give you practical training. Uh, for corporates and individuals in Excel for work, data analytics, and financial modeling. Get in touch with them via their website, findnextskillshub.com or call 0244-782-356 to sign up for their corporate and individual training sessions. Finex Skills Hub, learn, connect, grow. Mm. Now, are you thinking about getting that project started? Are you thinking about fees and rent and all of that? If you're a government worker, talk to First Atlantic Bank. They've got their payroll loan, which will give you up to 150,000 CDs to help sort out all those pressing issues. Visit any First Atlantic Bank branch near you or dial star 442 star 30 hash to apply and enjoy the lowest rates. First Atlantic Bank, refreshingly different. Oh, Old Mutual is 10 years. Join them in celebrating a decade of greatness. Now, do you know that? Old Mutual has about 500 employees and all of these people play crucial roles in championing customer operations. They also have a WhatsApp. They're the first to introduce WhatsApp insurance and they have an annuity package. Talk to them on 0501-579-204 or visit uh, oldmutual.com.gh for more info. Old Mutual, do great things every day. Uh, yeah, now the f- uh, search for the best musical voice is on, and we are about to take over your Saturday evenings from the 10th of June. It's going to be 13 weeks of excitement, disappointment, and a range of emotions in between. Voice Factory Season 5 will be on your screens every Saturday on City TV between 6.30 and 8 p.m. Now that we have our top 10 finalists, let's get ready for the live shows. Voice Factory Season 5 is powered by City TV mm. with support from City FM and is proudly sponsored by Ebony Condoms, uh, Nalo Solutions, and Eddie Speed. Okay. All right, so let's uh, get back to what we've been discussing. Uh, how have we, what have we been doing today? So, so, so a couple of things. We started a show, which Sky helped us to appreciate the work of Justice Doche. And I actually gave him an assignment that he and other legal journalists should help us understand better some of the work of our justices because it's, it's part of our education. The way he sort of distills some of the key cases he'd done. I'm tasking him to do the same for the current CJ and some of the other members on there the bench so that it can enrich our discussion he agrees to that charge so he's going to collaborate with Selah Madonu and Clemente to do that work for us <laughs> that's question number one second issue OSP uh, Professor Fimpon Boateng um, and I need to say that I, I have absolute respect for Kisiya Jabing I need mm-hmm. to say that a lot of people may not understand 
where I'm coming from with my criticism of what they are doing. I feel like the OSP has been caught in a very difficult situation where a government has not shown credibility in fighting Galamse and somebody from the government has come to blow the whistle, but that person has his own issues. And the way they are managing that process, we think is not the best. Now, as for the prosecutor, we all know that in terms of lawyers and people who have shown excellence and integrity in their work, there are not many like him. So the, the point is not about Kisei Jabing at all. That's why I wanted to even avoid his name in the discussion. But the OSB has quite a bit to do on the public perception side when it comes to this particular bombarding case yeah. so that they will bring everybody along to understand what they are doing. So I, I hope I am, I've clarified that position. Oh, I think then, the point is yes, well made. Yes. You know, and just to wrap things up, I want to link that because it's Gala, I'm seeing anything. Mm-hmm. So this green Ghana thing we are doing tomorrow, mm-hmm. we are planting trees. It's become sort of a thing since the president spoke about it, International Forest Day. It's, 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 you know, it's a, it's funny because such a such an important thing, but tainted by all the things we allowed to happen to the same environment I, that we say. Which, which is where I am coming yeah, from. It's like, Last year, we spent millions of Ghana cities mm-hmm. to plant trees. Yes. At the same time, the past few months, we've sat down for massive forest reserves to be just. <laughs> Desecrated for want of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to mine in forest reserves. Do what they want to do. And then we then go back. We go back. We are, we're spending millions of Ghana cities again to try and plant trees to do something. I guess the symbology of it. Symbolism. Yeah, symbolism. symbolism yeah, and something else. Yes. Yeah, symbolism. <laughs> no, no, no. We could get there, but yeah, you know, the, the, the symbolism of it, what it means. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in terms of true impact mm-hmm. uh, i don't know i don't know i, I looked at the report they've been mm-hmm. they're, they're uh, on the survival and of the, the, the well last two years mm-hmm. there were claims of an 80 percent survival rate mm-hmm. of the plants the trees but we that, saw uh, them the ones they planted in accra they're, they're yeah, those are the ones that they didn't do well but the ones that they planted in the forest reserves and the likes they oh, say they did that. well because mm-hmm. I mean, five million trees, you can't just yeah. use the medians in Accra. Uh-huh. So, nationally. <laughs> but then later on, I also saw other documents okay. that said yeah. that put the survival rate at around 67%. Uh-huh. There are lots of you questions know. to be ad- addressed. So, this is tomorrow. Right? Tomorrow, we are planting trees. We will take part, but we still need to probe it. I just wanted to say something quickly for you. So, the discussion we had about the um, OSP, I just wanted to click quick conclusions on that. Mm. Um, oh, okay. well, well, you see, the, the, the point has to be made that. Um, the OSP, whether we like it or not, came under a certain cloud mm-hmm. to help us deal with corruption. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there is so much expectation mm-hmm. from the people of Ghana uh, in terms of what they promise and what they deliver. And I'm talking about the promise as made in the law mm. establishing the OSP mm. and what is delivered. So that we also do know that often... Um, as we've seen in the case of Matinamidu, mm-hmm. um, there are official attempts made to actually stall the work mm-hmm. of the OSP. And then, yes, and then also there, there are also attempts to rope them in into the controversies that exactly. engulf government. That is why it is important that in doing its work, the OSP should be able to carry the public along. Mm-hmm. Thus far, they have done well with their communication of things that they have been doing. But on this particular matter of Frimpombo, I think, 
we take the view that there ought to have been a better way of communicating what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is not the case that you come and put everything that you have done, every question that you have done, or every piece of evidence that you have collected in the public domain. Mm -hmm. But That's it is important. Exactly. But it is important that to the extent that we are dealing with the profile of a person who the person regarded as a hero by many people that's not to say that he doesn't do any wrong mm -hmm. of course he has questions to answer and we support investigations into any conduct that accuses him of having done something wrong mm -hmm. but in carrying out that responsibility we expect the osp to inform us regularly mm -hmm. so that the impression is not created that they are covering up for those in government because as we speak a number of people's names have been mentioned. Some people have sent petition to the OSP. Mm -hmm. Those people, we do not know who has been invited and who has not been invited. Uh, in that same vein, we want to ask Shraj to also update us. Exactly. Because Shraj have confirmed they received the petition that Dr. Ndafia Benpour calls his lawyer to be sent. And so we want to know where it's gotten to mm -hmm. in, the, in the interest of public accountability mm -hmm. so we can also follow the process and also parliament they they also should do their part Pascal, this parliament thing eh, mm -hmm. that they are going to pass 66 bills yeah, between 64, 66 they are going to consider them yeah they 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 reconvene this i was the right word they yeah. reconvene yes they reconvene yesterday mm -hmm. that was uh, tuesday tuesday yeah it so was june, tuesday. 6th. Yeah, june 6th and they are rising on august sometime in august the first week in august mm -hmm. so that's effectively two months and two months will mean four days a week two yeah. months not even five days mm -hmm. Some, sometimes it can. becomes necessary but i feel like two months so even 60 days mm -hmm. that's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work so, and the other point is that because elections are coming yeah a lot of people, their attention will be divided. Mm -hmm. Some of them have lost their primaries. Mm -hmm. MPP guys are now thinking of securing their primaries. So I'm very concerned about work in parliament. Maybe one day we should speak about that. Whether they will have the necessary buffers to ensure that they don't allow bad things to slip through. Because yeah. it seems as if there's a lot of pressure on them. In fact, that is what happens majority of the time. So that you see critical things brought at the tail end. Mm. of the life of 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 the, the the current session or maybe meeting as as the case may be and we've always campaigned that that should stop um 60 60 odd bills that will be considered we hope that a good number of them will be decided upon mm -hmm. and then the president will act accordingly um and also to mention that you know i mentioned the case of mensa versus mensa mm -hmm. uh, in that case you know justice doce criticized a sort of parliament for mm -hmm. because the constitution says that shortly after the coming into force of the constitution mm -hmm. parliament should pass a law to regulate the sharing of oh they have not they have not still till today it's not been done although you know bills have gone before them for for consideration oh. so it is an embarrassment that justice doche who i saw parliament vet you know uh, under the kufu administration so many years after he's leaving the bench parliament has still not been done yeah, it, it is an embarrassment wow. uh, our mps should live up to uh, the responsibility of ensuring that <clears throat> we create a, the right legal framework for marriages to flourish yes. or where they do not even flourish they die there should be a fair distribution of marital wealth we'll leave it here for now thank you very much mr sky nathan kwao godfrey akotobuafo <laughs> <laughs>